Welcome to D-Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. Uh, as always, your D-Commentators this month are me, Luke. And me, Emma. And we are here to discuss the seminal classic piece of media artistry. Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> I know that I said last month that this is my favorite decom. You did. And I said that, and I shot it into the universe, and I was like, wow, I hope this bitch holds up <laughs> in court. And guess what? I love this film. We'll get into that more, but I just want to let you guys know how much I love this. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it right now. It is genuinely, as much as I talk shit about all of these movies, this is a good GD flick, and you should get your rear and gear and see it. All right, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse here, Emma, but yes, it, she's I'm very sorry, excited. I'm passionate. She's it's very amazing. excited. She's very excited about this month. Um, First thing we should say, we are currently traveling for spring break in sunny Florida, so we're not using our, using our usual audio setup, so it might sound a little weird. Sorry. Second thing is we've got uh, just a trickling of decom news. Trickling? Well, yes, Zombies came out. I've not seen it yet. And I've got to say, the reaction has been more positive than I thought. A lot of people are saying they genuinely like it. Which is surprising. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not surprised. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that someday. Zombies came out. But during the Zombies premiere, two big decom things were dropped. There's another Descendants. Descendants 3 is coming out. So look at me, guys. I do my research. Yes. Um, That's why that... you pay me the no bucks. <laughs> uh, Descendants 3 is coming out, and they're trying to focus on who's Mal... Whom, they're trying to focus on who's... They're trying to... Who Mal's father is. Thank you, Emma. Uh, they're trying to focus on that, which is an interesting way to take it. I Who is Mal's father? We don't know. They don't, that's the thing, is they don't really address it. I haven't even seen Descendants 2, let's be yeah. honest. I don't really know what happens there. Descendants 2 so was a little okay. behind. It was, uh, Descendants 2 was fine. It did, it does appear, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that China Anne McLean's character of, mm, what is her name? Ursula's daughter. Ursula's daughter, she has a name, I don't remember what it is. You know what? Fuck uh, it, it, starts, it starts with a U, I don't know what it is. You're Ura. Ula. <laughs> You're on the list. Uma. Uma. That's Uma? it. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. Oh, That's it. Somebody Uma. give me a raise of zero dollars. <laughs> um, she, I think she, I read somewhere she's coming back, uh, but whatever. That's relatively exciting. All right, we're a, done. I'm not a huge Descendants fan, but I'm interested Keep to see where it's going. It, but also, it's rare that a Descent decom gets a trilogy. That's only happened with Halloween Town, High School Musical, kind of, even the last one was in theaters. Because it was too good. Cheetah they Girls. They couldn't contain it. Cheetah Girls petered out. Yeah. Well, two, I think, is pretty good, but three I'm saying up. by three. Yeah. Uh, are there any other ones? I feel, yeah. like, I feel like I'm forgetting one. People are going to yell at us. Whatever. Cheetah Cepetus. Come um, at me, dude. Um, and then the big thing is, so we talked about on another episode that they're making Freaky Friday into a DCOM musical. I don't get what's happening there. Yeah, and so they released a very small trailer, like literally who 15 seconds. is in charge of the marketing with this? I can't tell who the mom is and who the daughter is, and I don't know if that's problematic, but Well, why it's also because it's so I, short. It's like you can't, can't you don't get a good look at anybody. Happening. You do not get a good look at anybody, and, and all that we can glean is that they're doing something with a magical hourglass instead of, uh... I'm gonna say something. Okay. Because when you see something, you, say, you should say, say something. something. 
And I, I don't want that to become a slogan because I think it has some weight behind it. It does, and I, but I know I mean it in the most innocent way of just seeing and saying. Sure. And I've seen something, and I'm going to say okay, something. Okay, say something. And it is the fact that like. Why fuck with perfection? <laughs> like, the original plot of Freaky Friday is amazing. And just to prove that, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it, rapper Lil Dicky just made an amazing <laughs> music video. Luke, have you not seen this? No, I have not. You think you're up on DCOM news? I didn't realize this was DCOM news. Lil Dicky just made an amazing music video called Freaky Friday. Okay. Where in the music video, he switches bodies with Chris Brown. Okay. But it is weird dumb, trade. But, but it's good. But I will say, I really appreciate it because they do it to the exact same beat and plot lines of the Freaky Friday movie, of the Lindsay Lohan one. They're okay. in a Chinese restaurant, okay. they're before cookie crumbles. And it's like, why break something that works? It worked in this music video amazingly. I want. I wanted to look up if um, the original, like the 1970s version, if that utilized a magic hourglass as switching bodies, because that's what I was saying. Did it? No, I, it doesn't look like it. It just says... Yeah, because it's fucking stupid. Uh, following a disagreement on Friday the 13th, which honestly which is the most Freaky Friday thing. They don't I, even address that. They don't the address that. One. No, I, was, I realized that. Um, Annabelle leaves to join a friend at a local diner. In sync, Annabelle and Ellen, who is in the family's home kitchen, both wish aloud, I wish I could switch places with her for just one day. Their wish comes true when they switch bodies and subsequent lives. So there's no bonus operandi. It's just like, it's Friday the 13th, weird stuff happens. And then the second movie, it's like, oh, magical fortune cookies, got it. And then in this one, it's a magical hourglass. Oh, so, stupid. Who has an hourglass in 2018? No um, one. I don't know. I'm not. Let's, I'm it. over this. Let's keep get it going. It just it it's it's a little confusing, but I guess they're trying to build hype, so that's kind of. A Why was I talking about it? I just. All right, go sorry, over sorry. It. All right, so let's move on to talk about stuck in the suburbs. So, um, this film, let's address this outright, came out in 2004, and it wears that on its sleeve. Oh, <laughs> if someone. It from the future says, like, what was 2004? Just slide them a copy of this on DVD, obviously, because <laughs> 2004, and they will know everything they need to know. They will have it all up in their nog, nog, nog brains. <laughs> but so we open with the opening credits, which are meant to be, like, a bunch of, like, music magazines, but they literally look like they cost $5 oh. to make. Someone, it's like, it's like an iMovie tutorial almost, where it's just like a teen beat. Also, yeah, I was going to say, also the names of these magazines are also like music mag, like the, <laughs> the song mag. Like it is the dumbest, most laziest names for what you would think teen beat. It's like leopard bop, like they, shit like that. They absolutely outsource this to some kid and it's just like, listen, just do whatever you can. And just they just plastered Terry face all over these fake Yes, yeah, so we meet through these images. Jordan Cahill says on these magazines, uh, played by Taryn Killam. You know what's fucked up? And I will say this. Like, it's really fucked up. That, like, this movie came out. I haven't seen it in years, guys. Probably over ten years. It's been a while for been, both of us. Yeah, and I haven't seen it in years. And, like, there's people that I know well in my life and I have to encounter on a daily basis at, like, drinks or birthday parties or whatever. And I can't remember their first and last name if you put a gun to my head. <laughs> you show me a fucking picture. I'm like, Jordan Cahill. Dude, Obviously, Cahill. this fictional man. Yeah. I know his first mm-hmm. and his last name. And I can never get that out of my head. We and should, that's upsetting. We should also reference the fact that um, we, it has been a while since we've both seen this. Emma said that she remembered every single plot point and detail. This is the first time this has ever happened to you guys. I I know you've been with me on this journey. I usually forget all of the movie, who's in it, what's happening. You even get a clue, which you absolutely love. I still forgot all of it. Yeah, you forgot all of it. I remembered all of this movie. I I remembered, like, 
some particular story beats, but I did not remember the specifics. I did remember very specific moments where I was like, I know this happens at some point. And I was just kind of waiting for the movie to weave them together. Um, but so then we go from the opening credit magazines to suburbia, where 90% of Disney Channel original yes. movies take place. Um, and I said, honestly, even this intro song bangs. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But it, this intro song, even the credit song, I was like, this goes the fuck off. Yeah, we should. It is we, good. We, we can just address it now. This movie's soundtrack is freaking okay. incredible. Okay, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> and there's, it's like decently. There's some original tunes too. This was like a milestone movie for Disney Channel, and it had something to do with the soundtrack, and I don't know why. And I'm trying to Google it for you guys right now. Sorry. Well, here, let me let me go ahead while you're looking at that. So it's we meet Daniel Panabaker and her three friends. Um, in, in coming back from soccer practice, being driven by one of their moms, and like they're you know girl chatting. Blah, 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 blah. And then the mom accidentally pulls up to a, pulls up to a house, and it's like, all right, Danielle Panabaker. This is also, your I wanted to say, where are we? We are in the suburbs, suburbs. and it mm. looks like a ser- it as we and Luke are from like the middle of suburban Illinois. Sure. And this is what the suburb looks like. It looks like very cookie cutter suburb, which. I thought this, I really resonated with this humor where, like, all the houses look the same. Like, mm-hmm. that was very... Yes, I did like that. That was funny. But there's also palm trees. So where are we? I guess it's... Are ex- we in Arizona? I don't are know. Are we in she, Florida? It, because it, we're not in California. We're not, wait, why can't we be in California? Because that's not an uncool place to live. I guess unless we're in, like, Sacramento. I don't know. Um, she does, and she also seems to talk about New York okay. a lot. yes. And, yeah, New York is, that's the thing, New York is unheard of. So I don't think we're on the East Coast. Although, but the point is, the point I want to make, we all know that Emma has, has great difficulty when they don't tell you where we are in a movie. And they never do, and I, I feel, didn't care. But I feel like the point of this movie is that they don't tell you. It's just supposed to be a suburb. It could be any suburb. Okay, wait. This is one of the first name petition coming to my Disney. Then did you, Emma, you gotta say something clear. This that. was one of the first made-for-television movies by Disney Channel, which was also accompanied by its own soundtrack. This soundtrack, like, not all the DCOMs had their own, like, full soundtracks. This one did. It was one of the first. Mm-hmm. And it also entered the Billboard Top 200 and peaked at number five for, like, top kids. Audience. So, like, the soundtrack was, like, a big deal for this okay, movie. Okay, I see that what That is saying. the concept that I'm trying to did lay down you for you guys. Did the soundtrack of this film? 110%. <laughs> I had it on a CD. <laughs> what am I? A fucking animal? No, Obviously. I, I'm not surprised in the least. Um, but so then they pull up to... Okay, first of all, Daniel Panabaker's character's name is Brittany, but I just call it Daniel Panabaker. I do not call it Danielle, or even... It's Daniel Panabaker, all one word. Yeah. Uh, I abbreviate it to DPB in my notes. Um, they pull up to her house, and then all of her friends are like, oh, it's almost four o'clock, can we, can we? And the mom's like, no, no. We didn't even talk about the fact that the director's name is Savage Steve Hahn. Well, that comes up when they walk into their, his house. So it comes up director, and it says, Savage Steve Hahn. Does not say that in quotes. It just says... Like Cold Stone Steve Austin. The, like, much like a professional wrestler. First, wait, did you say Cold Stone Steve Austin? It's Stone Cold. It's Stone Cold. <laughs> Guys, I'm not a big wrestling person. But you I are a big like ice, ice cream, cream person. <laughs> um, what? But I actually IMDb this guy and he does a lot of like kids TV work, so I'm not trying to knock the guy. I just love the I just love the fact. I just love the fucking gumption of absolutely. working in kids television, being like I'm savage. Yeah, well, like, either that or that's his legally given first name. In no savage. fucking way, it's <laughs> legally given first name. I don't know. Savage Steve listen, Holland. Or listen, Savage, if you want to come on the show and talk to us all about it, we'd be happy to have you. Um, but so they run into the living room where we meet our stereotypical little brother character. 
Yes. Whose name is Cooper. Who I didn't realize his name was Cooper until the last five minutes. Yeah, of he's movie. really he's really only meant to be used for physical and comedy. comedy, and it doesn't really land most of the time when you're an adult. But it's also not annoying. Like it's not terrible. But he's, he wasn't awful. But he's just kind of there. Um, but so they are trying to get to the TV because uh, Jordan Cahill is pre- premiering his new music video on basically MTV. On what, no, 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 guys, listen. On what is basically TRL, but they can't say that. So it's called something called Music Update. <laughs> they couldn't think of anything more creative than Total Request Live. It is just called Music Updates. That sure. is the name of the television show. Sure, why not? I don't even. I didn't even know what TLR was. TRL, TLR. Hello? I don't know what it is. How much younger are you than me? TRL, Total Request Live. I've never heard of that until right the now. music video contents after school? Nope. Oh, sorry, we did miss a beat. Is that in the car, um, Danielle Panabaker shows everyone her new shoes from New York, which oh. are like these pink flip flop Which things. are fugly, and I remember thinking they were fugly in 2004. I was like, I was they didn't even hold I up was gonna, at the time. I was going to ask you what your opinion on was. And also, let's cover this. Emma, Fashion Corner, or are you going to spurs it throughout? Because I, like, I feel like there's a lot to there's talk about. There's a lot. Too yeah, much. There's too much. Um, so, they, they watch the music video, and it's for... Admittedly, they the open, best song. They open very strong. This it, is the best song. This is the, the best song world. in the movie. What is it actually called? Make a wish. Make a wish. You make a wish on a star and believe in your heart. You can be anything that you want to be. When you wish for a dream, give the time you will see. There's nothing impossible when you trust your heart Oh, cause that is where you find it Just give it a try Close your eyes, make a wish Hope, Hope is when the magic is You gotta have faith in um, but so while they're watching the music video, they're doing this whole choreographed dance, which I don't know. Also, the mom is the captain yes. from Psych. Kirsten we need to address Nelson. that the mom is watch them now parade into their poor living room. Um, I also wrote down this song goes off, mm-hmm. um, much like the intro song, which I don't even remember what that was called. Um, also, I do remember loving this dumbass music video concept. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Cahill's fake music video is like it's a girl's like birthday party and just like a paper crown on <laughs> with like rhinestones and they're like riding on a, a roller coaster and he's like dancing with her. And I remember like watching this movie like this is a sick music video concept. It's a, it's, like I yeah. loved it. But do you remember the thing you loved the most and made me try to do? Which is when they tipped over the couch. Yep. <laughs> so they dance and dance and the little brother like does the over the top cover the ears almost home alone and goes and runs over to the mom. They're also wearing soccer cleats, which is problematic yes. that they're doing this on their mother's couch. But yes. Okay. And they knock the couch over and me and Emma, I feel like we try to do they, that. They like all step on the back of it holding hands and the couch tips over. Yes. Very and dramatically. They, and they all go falling. And, but it's like a cool choreographed fall. And I remember making them try this and I don't think we were ever able to do it successfully or without like serious injury. Uh, no, I feel like we could on like those old couches that we used to have downstairs, the ones that folded out into like little yes, mini beds. Yes. I think we did pull it off. Either that or we weren't heavy enough. I don't remember one of the two, but we definitely tried it because it does, because it's, it's the stuff dreams are made of. Yes. Um, and so, you know, they all get upset. The mom gets upset that she's knocked, they're knocked over the couch and... Also, tried. like, this motherfucker's hair. Can we just talk about this for a second? Oh, yeah, we should talk about well, Jordan Well, how they Cahill's have hair. Jordan Cahill. So, they kind this of... This is Taryn Cullen from SNL, everyone. Yes, they try... He's married to Colby Smutters, who is... He's married is to from... Colby Smulders? Is that Smutters Smulders? It's definitely not Smutters. 
Uh, just a little behind the curtain peek, everybody. <laughs> We're recording this after dinner, and I think Emma's a little over the limit and is no, slurring I'm her not. words a lot this episode. I'm just tired, and I also just have never said that name right. Kobe Smolders? Smolders? Smolders, I think. But it's, there's a U in it. I know, but I think you say it kind of weird. Smolders? Smolders. I think that's how you say it. Okay, but for How I Met Your Mother, that's his wife. Robin Shabatsky from How yes, I Met Your Mother. Yes, I've never watched that show. but I've yes. seen some of it. So, Taryn Killam is the pop star in this. And the they, Jordan Cahill. And I cannot put my finger on if he is wearing a wig or not. Because they have him in shoulder-length hair, which is horrifying enough. Yeah. It is highlighted so terribly. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, like, the classic, like, early aughts. Like, dark brown, chocolatey brown. Then when just, like, bright blonde, like, tiger paw streaks mm-hmm. through this fucking thing. It is a monstrosity. And uh, they kind of are going for his style. Like, if you mushed all of sync together, you'd get Jordan Cahill both in sound and in look, kind of. But also, like, John Mayer at the same time. Yes, like the type very, of music. that's a good point. They just smash, like, a bunch of it together, but he just ends up looking like a, kind of like a Something he makes a joke about his like Vegas ward where he's wearing like yes. white leather jacket. He looks like shit. a street magician. Yes. <laughs> he looks like Chris Angel is a what he actually bit. looks like. And I'm not knocking Taryn Killiam. I like him fine. But Okay, you're now that's Taryn Killam. Killam. Sorry. Taryn Killam. I like Taryn Killam fine, but he looks ridiculous until they cut his hair, until they give him the Thor Ragnarok treatment. Yes. Um but let's move on. So they then we get some scenes of just Kirsten Nelson being a mom, and she is great in this movie. She is just good. she's a good mom. It really bums I'll me touch out. Touch on that later. Yeah, I will say the little brother I wrote down. The little brother reminds me of you when he's yes. trying to play video games all the time. Yes, he plays video games all the time. He's always on his Game Boy, mm-hmm. and he, he has like, a red Game Boy SP, yes. which I respect. And like he's like, hey, another level of finish. You can't turn off the TV. Stop it. I have this to do. Um, but I, then, I wasn't as creepy as him, as we'll touch on later. Yeah, don't worry, I will. <laughs> you were not. Um, another a problem that I had similar to the Lizzie McGuire movie, but the other yeah, thing he is, does give you really mad so vibes. So Kristen Nielsen like jumps into like the kids' rooms, and the first one is the little brother, and he's on a Game Boy SP, and she's like homework check, and he's like me at this level, and she's like, uh, well, you can go get. No, yeah, he says like she's like, is it done? And he's like, yeah. Pretty much. And then she's just like, oh, pretty much done. And I remember pulling that move multiple times on our mom where she's like, is your homework done? Yeah. Basically. Basically. By, and by that, which I mean, I'll finish it during homeroom tomorrow. Because <laughs> um, I'm too busy playing this game. Yes. And so I was like, I literally wrote down without even thinking of what was coming next. I was like, this little brother ran to you. The next they pop into the older sister's the room. The most unnecessary character. No, but she's blonde and she's, they're like, homeroom. And she's like, um... Yeah, like, are you even really asking? She's like, I've been done two hours ago. This is already extra credit. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, the older sister's me. Like, this is she you? Uh, yes. I did not get the impression. She is you because she can't drive. Drive. She can't That's drive. It. And she is a straight A student with, like, all of her homework done. Don't you fucking pretend that I was No, no, I'm not waste. saying you were a bad student or anything. I just feel like I did not get her essence from you where she's like, you know, all about the science where she's got like a molecule model. I wasn't about science, but I was all about getting straight A's. Okay. And the point of dinner where she's like, I I, she, I knew I had it right. So then I said, yeah. then she had to raise everybody, raise my grade and lower everybody else's. Like, a not that bit. that was something I'm priding myself over, guys, but that was me in high that school. Was, I was a little bit annoying. Emma knows who she was. She knows I know she was. where I've been and I was a little bit of an annoying know-it-all but, uh, but but I also, I just have a lot of questions about how much older the sister is supposed mm-hmm, to be, because, mm-hmm. like, I don't get if she's supposed to be, like, you know, senior or in college Well, she, even. no, no, she must be, like, a junior or a senior, she can yeah. drive, it feels like high school, and she's, and Danielle Panbaker's in eighth grade. Yes, which is a which serious, is serious problem, and we'll get that, I'll touch on that when we get to the actual high school. 
So then she goes in uh, to check on Daniel Panabaker, who's playing her guitar, um, and she's writing a song or whatever, and she's, you know, a musician, free spirit, woo. Um, and then she does a great classic kid in a decom like deflection where the mom's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I'm just coming up with a mnemonic device this to help so me remember." So cheesy. It's so stupid. It was the one really cheesy part of this movie I didn't like. And they also give a Beyonce call out. And That's like, why I didn't like it. It's like this is not gonna age well. No, but also it's just like she thought like her mom would notice that she named something the Beyonce Amendment like. Nothing's not... No one's not going to think of the same. Also, why did she have something printed out on her bed that said the word Beyonce? No, it was like a news article in one of her music magazines. It wasn't like a homework thing where she was doing a report on Beyonce. What is it? It's like the, the closed door. The like, door is closed on. and then it's All like, my dreams. It's like, a, it's like I'm a... The, the, what's the one thing they say over and over? Like a sea the of... The door is closed. No, um, an, an a isle of, of hope in a, a sea, sea of, of sameness. Tra- the sameness, yes. But it's, it's a very depressing song, and I do get where the mom is coming from. That like yeah. It's very depressing, you this in your daughter's journal, you would kind of be like, ooh, like causing alarm in her, and she's trying to like find this illusion. This mom actually has like real person motivation. Mm-hmm. She is like a real full flesh character where she really cares about saving this old historic house in their yes. neighborhood. Also, Kirsten Nelson has a serious hard on for saving this house. It's all she Loves talks about in every scene she's in from Loves here on it. out. All about the house. Something funny in this scene, though, is that she always talks, is that she's talking about, like, I'm here, and I want to be out there, and she doesn't, and again, again, the, the fact that they don't tell us where we are, they don't really reference what she means by out there, like, we know she loves New York or whatever, oh, also, we mentioned the Santas, but we didn't at all mention why they're important, is The aunt bought them. The aunt bought them from New York, and she's like, she found them in this little store, they're nobody one, else. They're, nobody else has them, they're one of a kind, and she wants, to, she loves New York so much, even though she's never actually been there, that's what's important about that, and that's where she wants to be. But, like, it's just funny to me that she's just like, I'm here, and I want to be over there, but I'm not going to tell you where that is, except for later on, she kind of says basically it's New York. I will say that um, after this exchange with Kirsten Nelson, the, the mom, where she they, like, kind of were like, I'm going to deal with my life, she gets an AIM, her, like, yes. social media starts going crazy. I do want to point out a good joke, though, because in the Ashbrook House thing, because she, she's trying to convince um, Daniel Panabaker to help her with this rally to save the Ashbrook House. And, uh, she's like, please, mom, I've helped you with all your other campaigns, like, you know, uh, or like recycling and saving the whales. I did that all for you. And the mom just goes, I thought you did it for the whales. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. Um, now all of a sudden they've had this scene and like all of a sudden her computer and her phone. Her computer, are her cell phone and, and her landline. And I, all three. All, yeah, all three. Because 2004, we're at a crossroads of technology. We don't know what we're going to use. We don't, we're just all facilitating between both of them. I just wrote in all caps, AAM, my creaking, my creaking elderly heart. <laughs> because I saw that and I was like, oh, I have the idea of like all those AAM chat windows mm-hmm. popping up on your home computer is like a high that like no drug could fit. Like it's so, it's so old, and like I know that none of you will probably ever experience it. But I was like, oh, this. Is, I think that's one of the reasons why I really like this movie, and I kind of saw it at the end. But I'll get to it to it right now. That like this really was like 2004. Like I was like in junior high. Like I <laughs> yeah, was. This, like, is, this this was this was, this was at least partially inspired by your life. Yeah, like they were like supposed to be like kind of the same age that I was. Like this was this was my youth, my youth. <laughs> And so, like, I just found myself screaming my youth at this movie. Like, that, it very much just still the exact point of which I was, like, it was, a, it was a seventh 14, or eighth grader. It was 14 years ago. So yeah. you would have been 11? 
12 or 11. 12 or 11, yeah. That's wild to think about, isn't it? I know. Um, so, then the mom takes her phone away and is like, oh, too bad you didn't finish your homework because they pick up, she picks up the phone real quick and is like, what's going on? What's going on? And they say, oh my gosh, Jordan's coming to town. Her three friends are the ones who are calling her. Jordan Cale's coming to town. He's shooting his new music video here. We got to talk all about it, blah, blah, blah. The mom takes the phone and then we move on. So we cut to the, the next, next morning, morning and we see that. Um, important fact. Two live parents. Two live parents. Good job, Disney. Although this was, I want to say this is when they were kind of getting over that, but I don't think that's true. I think we ran I into I will it. say, um, two live parents. I did like this running around in the AMC. Yeah, I very, did too. did feel very cute and normal family of like, someone's karate uniform still in the dryer. Yeah, and like, they're still, they're still kind of playing, they're still kind of playing it up for D, for Disney Channel comedy, like. But this felt but it's, more relatable than the family and fucking Ultimate Christmas Present that didn't have plans for Christmas until like the day before. Like, yeah. they were like very relatable, running around, mm-hmm. and. The dad is not as much of a character in this movie, but he's fine. He's just kind of there. He's barely in it. He's barely in good. Bare. But they don't least, need more at least they weren't like, what if the dad's just dead? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so good job. Um, but the big thing is that, like, she wants to get... She comes down in an outfit being like, does this look like I'm saying... Uh, Probably in your music video? Because I, I believe the plan is to go where he's filming after school and try and get into the music video, even though it's not a like... A solid plan. He's not, like, hosting a contest no. to be in the music. They're just hoping... They're just shooting it. They're just they're gonna, just, And you know what? As a dumb teenage girl, I would have hoped the same thing. Then you got picked out of the crowd. I would, I would fucking do my hair to the nines and yeah. they're going to pick me. Yeah. Me! They're not going to be looking for anybody, but they're going to pick, pick me. me. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, so, and she's got, um, what is she wearing? It's like a jean jacket and like a, a belly shirt. Top, a tube yeah. top. And like, she's like, does this say put me in between the sisters? Like, made more like put on a sweater and the dad. I they were just like, put me in a whorehouse. It's <laughs> like, something with this movie, and I will, we could touch on this later, but let's just touch on it right now because I just thought of it, but is the fact that like, this savage Steve Holland, whatever his name is, he does a lot of <laughs> Nick stuff. And this movie gave me the feeling of, like, had a few lines been tweaked, it could have been more Nick than Disney. Um, because Nick was always a little bit edgier they, and a little bit... Um, they were always more willing to play with, like, just over the line of yeah, being an adult joke. Yeah, just, like... Or, or not even line, adult, like, a more teenage joke. Disney was way much more, like, you know, restrained with that sort of stuff. And you know I feel like they could have flexed a few of these jokes, like that joke and a few mm-hmm. others that if you'll see down the line, it could have been... Had they had Nick bought it, which I guess they probably didn't, that it would have worked on Nickelodeon just as well. You know what it was? It was Degrassi. Nick had Degrassi and made them like slightly more adult, and maybe yeah. and Drake and Josh to an extent too. I would say Drake and Josh always played on that line a little bit. Was a little bit more adult. Yeah. Um, but I mean Degrassi, like people get shot in Degrassi and stuff. Like it's crazy. I never watched that show, but I know it's wild. Um, like Disney would never go as so far as insinuating that like the someone would be like a slut. Like well, the, the, we, as far as they go, would be like put on a sweater. We did almost have that moment in uh, Minutemen where they said calls the girl a bottom feeder. Where we were like, He's hey, so, yeah, that basi- was rough. They're basically saying she's a whore. I forgot about that. Um, right. But no, so they just. But this is just like you were dressed too sexy for Disney Channel, I guess. I don't know. And you know what I realized? It is a tube top, but she's not doing the Ali Machaga where she has a shirt under the tube top. Well, no, just where she has a jean jacket over, over the, the tube that top. Is, she does have a jean jacket over the tube top. And if you show your arms on Disney Channel, you're shot at point blank range. <laughs> um, but like, so the dad is also upset about it, but the mom just goes, oh, I think she looks adorable. And then Daniel Panabaker's like, oh, and then goes and changes and they like run out the door and they leave Daniel her. Panabaker is rocking a really unflattering ponytail for this entire time. Well, no, she specifically takes it out at one point. I know, but I just forgot that this was like a thing that like sporty girls wore ponytails yeah. all the time in the early aughts. So she goes into school. Uh, it's imp- I don't know if she's supposed to have implied to take the bus or her friend drove her. Because her, her parents forget her. Her parents forget her, yeah. 
Um, uh, Middle child problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's like, oh, man, my parents forgot me. This happens, like, a bunch. All the time. But then we get, like, a better look at her three friends. And, I hate these girls. Yeah, they're A, dicks. Pr- pretty bad actresses. Dicks. Dicks. And B, but I was just, the, the thing I will say is that they all legitimately look 13. Yes. Why do they look so young? Dan, well, no, it's, not, it's, it's not, and that's the point. She looks 18. Because they look 12. Yes, because I looked up and I did some research on this. And for most of my notes, I wrote down, man, I can't believe they cast this so age appropriate because I thought they were in high school. No. And then it hits me like... Once the driving thing, and then something Brenda Song says when she shows up, that they're I'm like, supposed to be in eighth they're grade. supposed to be like the start of their three. They're supposed to be thirteen. Daniel Panabaker looks like she is about to graduate high school, yes. And Brenda Song looks like she's a freshman in college, yes. They were about both about seventeen, eighteen okay. like, during the shooting of the film. But the thing is, they didn't cast her friends the at same that age. age. I don't know how old they were, but they all legitimately look like they're thirteen, fourteen. I literally at one point wrote, "This one girl looks like an elf, like she was like a little Keebler elf running yes. around." Like, also, it's also not up the fact that Daniel Panabaker is really tall in just really real life. Tall. She's tall in real life. Also, guys, um, I will say, so that she sees her friends, and they're talking about the shoe thing, and this is, okay, guys, I really love this movie, so please don't hold this against me. This is the one movie that I get emotional about. You get emotional about a surprising, you've cried at a surprising number of times. But not on the podcast, actually, I'm emotional. The, the thing is, she has these shoes, her aunt bought them from New York. This I actually really liked. And her friend is like, oh my god, like, you know your shoes? I got them. She's like, She's like, oh, no, there's no way you could get them. She's like, it's just from this one little boutique in your shows. Well, it turns out that boutique has a website. I ordered them. They'll be here by Tuesday. And you can just see, like, Daniel Panabaker's face just fall. Yeah. And then their other girls are like, oh, we want to order them, too, and we'll all match. And I wrote down, like, this is just, like, I really it's resonated with this. It's good writing as, like, being like a girl at, like, this age, like, where, like, especially, like, being from, like, the place that she is, like, this boring, like, suburb. We all play on that same soccer team. Came from a place like that, and like you just want to stand out so badly. The one thing that made you feel special and different, and then it it, it really gets torn and it's away. like and it's like that like and also just the idea that like there are so many kids that age where it's like let's all match with so much mm-hmm. fun and being like I don't want to match mm-hmm. I want to do my own thing like that like really deep like clawing thing of like being a kid and wanting to be different when everyone else thinks it's like so cool to match. I thought that was really good writing. Yes, and, like, and we should also you could really see fact... it acted really well on her face right. and how sad she was. Yeah, and we should also reference the fact that this movie was written by two women. Thank I believe, you. I believe two sisters. Yes, Queen. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, this movie could never be written by men because as you guys will see later, this is I was calling my shot like Babe Ruth to the outfield. This is the <laughs> most feminist Disney Channel original movie. There is no love story in this movie. There is no. Except the love story between the female friendship of Brenda Song and Danielle Panabaker. Great transition, Emma, because first the three, the, the four girls go to their lockers and they all have The pic- one 19-year-old <laughs> and the two 11-year-olds. They, they all have pictures of Jordan K. and they're like, good morning. Hey, Jordan. And it's really creepy. Like, the fact that they all do it in unison <laughs> and blow them a kiss. Really creepy they do it in unison. And then the doors open. Wind blows from nowhere. Brenda goddamn song walks struts in, in. Struts in to rock music. She has her, like, interface. bangs pinned back. She has a great layered haircut. I did write She has something. a soccer ball purse, which is confusing. Bangs, which which is confusing about... she doesn't play soccer. I don't know why that was her call. I said, I said, ties on women. Like, Avril Lavigne. Like, she was wearing a, a yeah, polo yes, with, like, a tie that does nothing. Like, yeah, that was big in the early aughts. Yeah. And then she had a soccer ball purse, and then her bangs pinned back with, like, bobby pins. And I she, said, oh, early 2000s, lay me gently asleep. She this is, is the looks, epitome of it. She looks... 
feels and exudes fierce. She is fierce. here to na- take this movie and kick it into overdrive. And this dumbass school, which we don't know where we are. Yes, but Danielle Panabaker is immediately taken with her um, and notices how different and cool looking she is. Um, but she, cause her, she goes up to them because her locker is next to nice theirs, theirs or whatever. And she, and like we were saying, with the three uh, friends, Brenda Song immediately just starts acting circles around them. You can see how much of a better actress she is than the three of them. Where she's, she's just like, "Oh, I didn't know ponytails were back in this year," and just like serving Hi. sass up on these girls. It's amazing. Brenda Song is serving sass this whole movie, and yes. it's iconic. And she takes and like then Daniel Panabaker walks away and takes her ponytail out and lets her hair down because she's like, "Oh no, ponytails aren't in," I guess. But this is what I'm saying is like this. She feels so much older than them. Yes. It's crazy, especially with that kind of intro. They both look old as fuck. Honestly. But so then we cut to like gym class, and Brenda Song's trying to convince the gym teacher not to make her play soccer. Also, she's wearing a trucker hat. She's wearing a trucker class. hat, and it's gonna appear again later. We love the trucker hat. Trucker <laughs> hat. What was the brand? Von Dutch. It's like a Von Dutch trucker hat, but without like it's got that like a of... heart in the corner. Yes, yes. It's weird. Very similar. Um, but so she's like, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm gonna play soccer. Blah blah blah. blah. The coach doesn't work. Coach makes her. So then they talk while they're both playing goalie while people take shots. I just read in all caps at this point, and I don't know why, guys. But <laughs> were you wine drunk while watching like, this? No, too? I wasn't. But I was just really taken. I just put wrote in all caps. They're both good actors. <laughs> They both are. They are. Guys, I think we just really forget to, like, not take for granted when we do have this. Like, both Danielle Panabaker mm-hmm. and Brenda Song, who are carrying this movie, mm-hmm. are good actors. Yes. We don't often get... Sometimes we get one. We don't often get two people no. carrying a movie that are both pretty good at acting. Correct. You are right. They both do a really good job in this movie. I kind of... I feel like Daniel Panabaker's kind of hit and miss with me in, like, Read It and Weep. Which is but I a, like her in this. Yeah, I definitely like her in this. She works really well she in this She really role. sells me in this. And I also said, um, so they they work in the goal, and we learn that, like... Her name's Natasha. Brenda Song's name is Natasha. Which we're never going to call her that. Her name's Brenda Song. But that, you know, fits her. She's supposed to be exotic. She has lived with her dad in Europe off and on. Yeah, she says, gives her a whole backstory that, like, they become kind of friends. Daniel Panabaker's really trying to suck up to her because she But I will say, okay, so when they're doing the hurdles, Daniel Panabaker, like, trips over a hurdle. Mm-hmm. She's giving me a really solid, like, young Anne Hathaway vibe. That, like, young. I like, think bit, of Princess yeah. Diaries Princess and Anne Diaries, Hathaway. Yeah. When she's supposed to be very nerdy, very, like, suburban. Sure, like, yeah. That is kind of what Daniel Panabaker is giving me in this movie, and it's working very well. And I think yes. it's what she should have been playing all along. I don't it's think- very good. I mean, I don't know what she, how her character is in The Flash, but uh, it, she does well in this kind of role. But so then they become friends, and then, like, after Jim, Brenda Song asks Daniel Panabaker who Jordan Cahill is. Because uh, the girls were freaking out that she didn't know who Jordan Cahill was. So she's like, so who is this Jordan guy that everyone steps with? Because she sees people wearing Jordan Cahill t-shirts whenever. She's like, oh, uh, he's just a singer, you know? He's really popular, but I, I, I think he's okay. Like, I don't think he's that great. And then she's like, yeah, I mean, everybody seems to like him. And then she's like, but Brenda Song's like, who wants to be like everybody else? And then Daniel Panabaker's Panab- Panab- like, I don't want to be like else uh yeah sucks totally so that's her that's her whole thing is that she's lying to her about like not like she doesn't say that out loud you no, see yeah. it happen behind her eyes yeah it's a much more nuanced amazing movie than anyone being like i don't want to be like but you can see it happen where she's like you're fucking right i don't want to be like anybody else so mm-hmm. let me just pretend that i don't like this pop star right so then they go to um daniel panabaker's house to hang out um and this she is where i have a note where the mom is like they walk in the door and she's like oh i'm from She's with my friend Natasha. From New York. She's from New York. Mm-hmm. And the mom's like, oh, I'm just from here. And I screamed at my television for the only time. Where is here? <laughs> Where is here? Good. Fair play. Um, And then 
uh, she leaves, she's about to walk her up to her room, and then she's like, you know what, wait a minute, talk to my mom about this Ashbrook House thing. It's really quite fascinating. Um, but so she runs up and we to her room, we get this montage, really, like, kind of too long, but really short at the same time, montage of her taking down all the Jordan Cahill posters in her room, which was kind of funny, but I there felt... There's too many. Yeah, so she has many. a lot of Jordan Cahill posters. I was also, as someone, I was kind of jealous of this movie always growing up, because I was not allowed to hang posters in my room of pop stars. My mom would not have her walls sullied like that with <laughs> random bullshit. So me and my friend Molly hung up all of our Jonas Brothers posters in her closet. Oh, good lord. And, yeah, so I was really jealous of her room. She let me put a poster on the door to my closet. That was about it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we could only put posters inside our closets because our mom was a fucking meanie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so she... Uh, Takes all the posters down. They go into a room to hang out. Get a little more about Brenda's song, about, like, why she likes New York, and about how much Danielle Panabaker is just, like, into it. Um, Brenda's song uses some fake French. Even she can't escape it, where she says, The city had a certain... That's real French, though. But... No, 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 but you know what I mean. Like, but it, And it's the only time she does it, and it is an actual term, so I'm not, like, mad about it. But I was just like, damn it, Disney, you still think using French phrases is cool. I don't they get it. They will never get over it. But so they're talking, and then at one point, Daniel Pennebaker goes over and it hits the wall really hard. And is like, knock it off, creep. And then we see that Cooper is, like, listening to their wall, through the wall with a stethoscope. With a stethoscope. And this is kind of, like, his running gag that he's always trying to listening spy on Listening at his sister. And this, is, and this is weird, but whatever, you know, listening. But then it gets progressively more and we more invasive. We get into worse territory. Yeah. Um, but so she, they're hanging out and she's, you know, putting up this facade that she doesn't care about Jordan Cahill. And then her friends call her, her friends call her. She gets another blast on the phone and she's like, oh my gosh, Jordan's recording his video just down in the street. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh my gosh, he is, he is. And then she's like, hey, hey. so like. Tries to play it cool. Yeah. She's like, this Jordan guy's like ho- uh, filming his video down the street. And I know you probably don't want to go. But she's like, oh no, we should totally go. See everybody, you know, totally falling over themselves or whatever. Like yeah, his absolutely. crazed friends yeah. freaking out. And then like, crazed we should, we fans. could, we can pretend to be the crazed fans and like, it'll be, That'd be the, so funny. Like, yeah. Even though like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused about Brenda Song's character in relation to Jordan Cahill. And I'll get into this more later. But, like, she puts up, there's no reason to lie necessarily about not liking him at this point. But she seems like she does like him and know about him and stuff. So it's just, it's kind of confusing. But whatever. But so then they, she's like, yeah, oh, Jordan, I. So then they smash cut to her actually freaking out. Yeah, like, like, I love you. At the thing. This song, is funny. Yeah, this and then Brenda's song is like, you're good at this. And she's like, yeah, you know, I've had practice. A little bit of a. And then we see. Jordan Cahill, in all his glory, walk out in, in his... bucket hat. Bucket hat. He wears a lot of hats in this movie. Also, they're, they're shooting this video, and... I can't tell what the background is supposed to be. It's like a, a fountain, but it's big enough for people to, like, walk around or something. I don't know. But first of all, the director of the video looks like Steve Buscemi. I was like, guy, this is the greatest role Steve Buscemi never played. And then second of all, he's trying to give him his choreography. He's like, you walk over to this pond. You look at your reflection. You look, you look at yourself. You hate yourself. You splash your. So he apparently choreographed. And I go, this was the Ben on it choreography. <laughs> he probably choreographed Ben on it. Uh, I said the exact same. No, could you not let me just have that? I had the same. I note. literally I... said, I was like, oh, okay, so this is just the Ben on it choreography <laughs> that he's like annoyed with because it was so cheesy. I mean, to be fair, the Ben on it choreography is the best part of Ben on it. So, um. But so, yeah. The other thing is that he's filming this music video, and, like, I get that you're not probably recording sound live, but you still are taking, like, like you're filming. How are they getting anything usable from this music video where they have lines of girls 
screaming at the top of their lungs watching and then cameras going off constantly just flashing. How would they get any music usable music video footage? No, I, I with the light. Yeah, that was confusing me. Maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. I, I was like, why would you ever invite the press and all of your fans to watch you shoot a music video? Yeah, you raise a good point. Um, But so he starts to sing. The song is called More Than Me. And he starts to do it. He didn't sing. They're playing it because it's a music video. And he doesn't... And I said, Sean Mendez wishes he could write songs like this in all caps. <laughs> Solid burn, Emma. Uh, Sean Mendez, we're coming at you. Um, you'll never be, you'll never be Jordan Cahill. I think this is like what Sean Mendes is going for, and Jordan Cahill did it better. And, and first, it first. <laughs> it's yeah, you can't, you're not wrong. Um, but so he sings and does the music video for a little bit, then it's just like, I'm sorry, I just, I can't. And he's like, gets all upset about the choreography, and he goes off to like a little green room, and we meet his best friend slash handler. I don't uh, get a assistant, assistant, something like that, Eddie, um, and his. Music producer, director... Well, I know the director. The director was the Steve Buscemi guy. This is like the studio guy. Studio guy named Len. He's like, listen, man, like, this music is not the kind of music I want to make. Uh, did you just hear see the lyrics I wrote for More Than Me? It's so much more, like, I think that they're a lot better. And then Len's like, yeah, for someone else, listen, this is the music that sells. This is what you got to do. You signed a contract. It's the thing about love. Yeah, it's like, you signed a contract, you kind of have to do this. And then he's like, whatever. We also learned that Jordan has a severe aversion to raisins for... Why was this a through line? <laughs> that was call. one thing in this movie that I did not understand. Why mm-hmm. we need to think that like his hate of raisins was such a through line? It doesn't really pay off. In it just comes up way. one more time, and then that's it. But they spend. But it doesn't specific- pay off. They no. spend three moments. It's yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just like oh man, I don't really. You like would raisins. think it would pay off in a gag. Yeah, they, 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 it's literally like two seconds later on. But you're right. And so he storms off and he's like, you know what? Let's just call it a day. Like, I can't, I am not, I can't do this. He, he basically goes, as I'll say later, he goes kind of rock star. He's like, I'm not doing this today. Whatever. And so, uh. He storms off the set. Yes. And Len is like, listen, Eddie, you're his best friend. You need How to get- did you even know that his name is Len? I was like, that man is nameless to me. <laughs> I just picked up, they say it a lot. Um, you're just very bad at picking up the names of these characters, I've noticed. I couldn't tell you. I didn't know his name was Eddie. I just thought that was Yes, his name's Eddie. And so uh, he's like, listen, Eddie, you got to get him to do the music video. He signed the contract, blah, 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 blah. You're his best friend. You can get into his head, whatever. And so he goes to talk to him or whatever. And he's like, listen, man, you know, we should probably do it because, you know, we were nobodies two years ago. And now you're playing stadiums and stuff. This is your career. You don't want to throw your career away on this. And then he's like, whatever, man, let's just get out of here. And he gives him his PDA. Um, and he's like, listen, man, make sure you yes. make sure you remember to download all to my info off uh, from this, of this off this thing, and this is something that I did. This is what I go. He says this for the trailer. This is a for the trailer. He goes, my whole life's life is on this thing. Yeah, and I was like, they made that for the trailer so they can show him handing the phone, saying my whole life's on it, and then showing it in the other girl's hand. Bum bum bum. Plot twist. Thank you. Um, but the thing is, I actually didn't get this as a kid when we watched this movie. I didn't understand that what they're saying is. Eddie, make, make, a, make a backup. Yeah. Uh, make a backup of everything on here. And then he's like, yeah, totally. I know how to do it. And then Jordan leaves and then he asks someone, hey, do you know how to do this? No. And so there, he's, he's basically saying that all of like, his songs and all of his personal it's content. It's only on that It's thing. all on that one phone. So please make a backup. So if this right. phone doesn't get lost, I'm not screwed, blue and tattooed. Spoiler alert. That's exactly what lost. happens. But that's what I'm saying is I'm surprised they decided to address the fact that like he has to have it saved somewhere else. Like they just actually put in a plot point. And I didn't really get it as a kid. So as a rewatch. I was like, oh, they addressed that. Um, but so then they get, at, they're going to get back on the tour bus, or not the tour bus because they're not on a tour. They're back to get on like the RV bus, bus whatever. Um, and 
Eddie bumps into Daniel Panabaker and their stuff spills on, spills on the street and they're like rushing to pick it all up. Um, she shouldn't really be in a rush because she's not trying to get anywhere, but he's trying to get on the bus before they leave without him because no one cares about Eddie, as we'll see throughout the rest yes. of this film. Through the um, And so... He's like, hey guys, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait up, wait up, wait up. And he grabs his stuff and goes... And then Daniel is like, oh, man, mm, that's jerk. And then uh, Brenda Song's like, are you okay? Talk She's about like, yeah. a brush with fame. Yeah. She's like, well, are you fine? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm good. And then her three children friends come up and are like, hey, I'm Brittany, calling well, I'm you. calling you. Why are you picking up? She's like, oh, my phone must be on silent. And she takes, uh, goes to reach for her phone and pulls out Jordan Cahill's PDA. And she's like, guys, this isn't my phone. And then we see the phone, their pink ass little... Thing, thing blinking in Eddie's bag, and guys, she has a pop star's phone, and this is the oh rest of the movie. Oh my god! Also, I did make a note right there when the little eleven-year-old friend comes up. I said, "Why is this little blonde sprite friend so whiny? Can she stop whining for five that seconds?" That is pretty much her only her character. Role, trait. She's like, "Why well, am calling you? Why won't you be here? I want to go to the thing. Where are you?" She's so whiny, and she's so young, and I hate her. Yes. Um, she's not good. None of the friends are, except for Brenda Song. But, uh, so she has the phone. Eddie has hers. Oh, my God. We're gonna go to break, and then we'll jump into the rest of this. But that's... What that's... song are we playing? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I could do more than me here. Because... Yeah. Yeah, I'll do more than me here, because we already we definitely already did Make-A-Wish. I'm not... You gotta put yeah. that in. Just strike by the air. You did the pop version of More Than Me. Yeah, I'll put More Than Me right here. So keep those earbuds stuck in your ears. We'll be Jesus back in a minute. Christ. I didn't do one last that one. That wasn't good. It wasn't, but I'm back. I forgot to do it last one. I'm stuck in this job, and I want to get out. <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Bye-bye. house and they're like or they're maybe they're just walking on the street no. i don't remember but whatever so they're talking her and Brenda song are talking and they're like i can't believe this guy took your phone blah blah blah, blah. uh and he's he's not picking up because the phone's still on silent yeah and so she, they also notice at this point like they think it is the assistant that they bumped into his phone yes. eddie's because like the, he that fell logical his bag. logical assumption and she's worried she's gonna get in trouble for losing her phone again um but so she's like well, well we have to get it back then she's like, well they're staying we could probably just go to the hotel they're staying at it's that really nice one off the freeway and then she's like how do you know that it's like it's the only nice one around where are we <laughs> could this movie would be perfect they just told me what suburb we are in suburb so, so syrup <laughs> Where, what freeway? Why are there palm trees? Where are we located? Uh, but so she's like, okay, well, how do we get there? And then so we cut to the older sister driving. Jesse. Jesse. See, you remember her name, but she's in this movie. In, in I liked her. <laughs> she I related to her. I can't drive either, you guys. Yeah, I have too much anxiety. Emma's and I'm too book smart. And that's, and that's kind of, and she says, she's like, 
they say that she they can't do hand-eye coordination and she's like can you stop talking i'm trying to drive she kind of she that's how i drive she's i white knuckle it and she's like riding up on the steering wheel and like constantly like stopping and like on the road and everything and it's supposed to be very funny um so they get to the hotel daniel panabaker goes up to the front desk and is like talking to him we don't really see her first no and then she just comes back to his brand new song is like yeah he's not here like they keep saying that and freaking daniel panabaker they're not gonna tell you yeah no this is this i was like bitch are you high like well in what universe would they tell you if you're like is jordan kale staying you're like oh yes obviously yes teenage girl um, but then Brenda Song goes up and puts on a freaking clinic and is like a, a is literal acting clinic. clinic. Brenda Song goes up to this dude and she, that's working the front desk and she's like, just act like you belong, probably like you, you know, you know what mm-hmm. you're doing. And she goes, "Hey, Kip, may I call you Kip?" And, then he and goes, I, he's like, "My name is Daniel." Po- and David, points to and, David. Point, and points to his badge. And I burst and then, out and laughing. And then he just goes. Sure. And, sure. Then he, and then he's just like, here's the thing, Kip. This is a master class. It's, it's great. Here's the thing, Kip. Um, you've got reporters in the lobby. Uh, so obviously, and then van, news van's parked outside. Right? News van's parked he's outside. He's obviously here. We don't, and like. We well, just, you're not trying to get in to see him. Yeah. We just need my, he, just, someone on his team has something that belongs to my friend. We need yes, to get it back. We just need to get it back. And then they're like, we're not leaving until you at least call the room and tell them we have this guy's phone. And then he, like, rolls his eyes and is, like, and starts dialing. But here's a fun fact for him. The man playing Kip is one Mr. Drew Seeley, a.k.a. the voice of of Troy Bolton. There was an amazing tweet over Oscar season, which was when Zac Efron was at the Golden Globes, and it was, like, somewhere Drew Seeley is crying in a paper bag (laughs) watching Zac Efron (laughs) sit at the Golden Globes for the... Yes, for those of you who don't know, Drew Seeley is the one who had his voice blended with Zac Efron's to do Troy Bolton's singing voice in the original High School Musical. Troy Bolton... Uh, Zac Efron did it for the other two, but we respect... We respect his place in the High School Musical franchise. Nothing but respect for Drew Seeley. Um, but so, they... He calls up to the room and Eddie's like, yeah, I've sent him away with, like, a gift basket or something. They're not the first person to ever use that excuse. Whatever, and they hangs up the phone and then Jordan's like, who was it? It's like, some girls downstairs trying to get into you because they say you have your... And then he looks down and, like, reaches into his pocket because he thinks he has Jordan's phone and realizes he has the pink phone. He's like... Uh, and then actually another funny line is like, look, the the thing, it fell and then ran away. Like it's bad. I will say I wrote down these phones bring on deep yearning in me for a simpler time. <laughs> the Blackberry and the pink Nokia. I was like, holy I mean, shit. You're getting, you're getting real nostalgic this episode. I, it really, it hurts me guys. I don't think you, no one has lived through what I've lived through. And this is my <laughs> experience. Uh, so he runs down, he like runs through the hotel trying to catch them before they leave. And they are walking back to the car, so it's kind of supposed to be like a ticking clock situation. Jesse's honking because they have to get home for dinner. Mm-hmm. He manages to like get the, to the car, but then because she stops short all the time, he rams into it accidentally. Into the back. And she thinks like maybe she hit a person or something, but they just kind of were like, nah, it's fine. Let's keep going. And so he misses them. But then we cut to Eddie in the room on the pink phone, just dialing numbers in. No ringing. And then someone goes, hello, dialing another number. Hello? Like, it's not, that's not how phones work. What was he doing? He was trying to call, he didn't remember Jordan's number. He was trying to call oh, Jordan's phone. Oh. But the thing is, it's, it's just like, he I just, forgot there's a whole thing of him not even knowing Jordan's phone yeah, number. Yeah, he forgets Jordan's phone thing. number. But also the thing is, you don't know what the person who has the phone sounds like. So like, admittedly, you'd probably know it's a teenage girl, but he's just dialing numbers and he doesn't even say like, hey, is this the person who lost their phone? He's just dialing, hello? Nope. Dialing, Yeah, hello. how do you know to hang up? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but so he, then he asks Len, like, hey, do you know his phone number? He's like, no, that's what you're for, idiot. Uh, and then Jordan comes over and apologizes to him for acting all rock star 
during the day or whatever. And, and, and I wrote and, down that I want to shave Taryn Killam's head myself. Well, we'll get I to that. I want to. I know. I know. But like at this point, like the visceral yearning in me is so deep. I'm like, I want to take clippers to his fucking skull myself. I want nothing more in this world. That's how bad it looks, guys. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, but so Len basically, Len also tells him uh, that, like, I'm going to fire you if you can't get Jordan in line, is what he says. Yeah. But the thing I was confused about is I don't think Len can fire Jordan. That's what I'm saying. Who's paying, not Jordan. You mean Eddie. Eddie. Who's paying Eddie? Isn't he just Jordan's assistant? Isn't he, isn't he like, his turtle a la entourage? Like, I wouldn't know what that means. But yeah. I'm saying, like, I think what I'm saying is... I, I would have imagined he worked for Jordan. I'm under the be, studio. Why would he work for the studio? No, I'm under the impression he works for the studio. But I think I think Jordan signed the contract and was like, by the way, this is my guy, Eddie. Can you give him a job being my assistant or whatever? And they were like, sure, we want your music or whatever. But I'm saying, I'm pretty sure all it would take is be like, hey, where's Eddie? Oh, I fired him. You, you fired my best friend? What are you talking about? Get him back here. I'm Jordan goddamn Cahill. Like, you can't just fire my best friend. Like, I feel like there's no real threat of Eddie losing anything in all of this, but they act like there is. I was on the impression that he was, like, working for Jordan himself. Like, why would they ever be able to fire him, like, from the studio, but whatever. So then we cut back to Daniel Panabaker's house, and her and Brenda are talking about the phone or whatever, like, going through, and it's like, oh, it's so much nicer than mine, but blah, 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 blah. It's got TV. I used to have one just like it when I lived in Madrid. Yes. Was it Brenda's song That's what she says. And she's like, oh, it's got TV and all this stuff that a black period probably didn't have in 2004. And, well, and then also that prompts a line for Daniel Panabaker. Hang on, no, I, I gotta get this line out because it made me really upset. Where she's like, Oh, you've been to Madrid? My dad won't even let me have Spanish rice because it's too it's spicy. <laughs> like, what the hell was that? Okay, wait, also, I wanna go back just to the conversation with Taryn Kilman, the assistant. I forgot that there's a whole aspect with Penelope. He has oh, a girlfriend. Penelope, yes. There's like, I, this is the, like, I remember this movie for beat for beat. I think this is the one thing I forgot is that there's a Penelope girlfriend ex-girlfriend scenario where like we have to be conscious of this where he's like I could date Penelope like apparently she's some hot shit person that we never mm-hmm. see they don't ever. say if she's like a singer or an actress they never or they never tell you who she is and then the other thing was that they're also like when they're having this conversation Eddie is like oh well you're the biggest rock star on the planet I'm like okay he's a pop star not yeah a they rock keep star. confusing that they keep saying the word rock star and I'm like let's get things fucking straight I think Disney he's Channel, a Bieber not a fucking I think Disney Channel just doesn't know the difference okay because they did the same thing in Pitch Perfect. Or they no, think kids don't know the difference. Definitely. But I think, they, but they did the same thing in Pixel Perfect where they kept calling her like a rock star when she did pop music most of the time. They, they don't Let's care. just get our genres in line, everyone. Sure. But so they're talking about the phone and this is where we get into Cooper. Cooper's, the rest of his bits throughout this this movie are that he hides in... Everyone. D- <laughs> everyone. I have something to say. Did you see something? And I saw something <laughs> and I said something. You're going to say and something. And I'm going to say something. Stop hiding in your sister's closets. Everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not a relatable thing. Or just hiding have, in their room in general. Just to have people do. To have to have little boys as like a fun gag hide in their sister's room when they're doing God knows what. Mm-hmm. You were an annoying little brother. You liked video games. You were never in my closet trying to peer out on what I'm doing. Because you know what? Nine times out of twelve, when a 13-year-old girl's in a room, she's getting changed. So you know what? Her brother probably shouldn't be in there with Binox. It's fucking disturbing, and I need this trope to stop, Disney. Make it stop. It's weird. Nine times out of 12? Is that a phrase? I made it up right now. <laughs> okay, great. You are right. It's creepy. We had this revelation we, in the bonus episode with Matt. Listen to the bonus episode, yes. He also was watching her change. 
Who wants to watch their sibling change? I get listening in. Like, with yes. the stethoscope, that made sense. Yes. Why are you I hiding in that. someone's closet? I would even That's... do that where I had, like, a little remote control car that was a listening device. That was more trying to... That makes right. sense. We're, we're trying listening, to get a toy out. Listening. Listening. It, Hear something. Don't see something. Yeah. So he does that the rest of the thing. And he's always hiding in a different place. And Daniel Panabaker always knows where he is. That's the joke. But so then they're, pl- they're playing with the phone. And so he knows about the phone. That is yeah. kind of important. Doesn't he talk to the... She talks to the assistant now. Like, no. Well, something happens first where they, that makes them realize whose phone it is. They get a call Madonna from, from Madonna. <laughs> they get a call from Madonna. It says Madonna. Do they have to pay to say Madonna? Look, I've had this question multiple times. If they just reference the existence of a celebrity, do they have to like clear with their people? I don't think they have to pay money, but they probably have to be like, hey, we're mentioning you. There's not someone you. pretending to be Madonna. It's not like there's an impersonal. Oh, yeah. Then you definitely might have to either pay for their image or like clear it with them. But I'm saying just like... I feel like if I was a celebrity and I found out I was referenced in, like, a Disney Channel... Stuck in the server? I might be like, I feel like you should have called my people for that one. Uh, but they call... Madonna says Madonna's calling. They're like, it's not her, right? And they're like... And, she, and uh, Daniel picks up and she's like, hello, Madonna? And they scream and, like, and they're... And she's like, oh, I'm such a huge fan. And she immediately hangs up. And then Brenda Song's like, you realize whose phone, who's phone this is? This is Jordan Cahill's phone. And then Bre- and then Daniel Pennebaker just throws it. He's like, ah, I don't want it. Blah, 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 blah. It's humor or whatever. Um, but then, uh, Kristen Nielsen shows up and is like, hey, girls, stop doing whatever you're doing up here. Your mom's here. Your mom's here. And she's like, okay, don't do anything with this until I talk to you tomorrow. And she's like, okay, I won't, bye. And then at some point following this, yeah, she talks, I think it's at school the next day. She, like, gets a call from the assistant from Eddie. And I had to make a point that the assistant and Daniel Penmaker look to be the same age. They look exactly they the, look same the same age. They look the same age. They're supposed to be grown-ass adult and she's supposed to be in the eighth grade. They look identically the identical, same age. Identical. Identical age. And he's like, I want my phone back, you freak, blah, 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 blah. And, she, and she's like, I tried to give it to you back. You weren't... You, you were a dick. You, you were a dick about it. So here's the basic deal. I'll give you. I'll come and give you the phone back if you let me talk to Jordan. But he won't because he's now trying to cover his ass. Yes. He doesn't want to let Jordan know that he lost the phone. Exactly. And I think he, like, tries to impersonate Jordan. He's like, hey, Jordan, come here. He's come like, here. Yeah, bro, no problem. What's up? It's Jordan. How's it going? It's like, no, bad answer. Well, no, they also try to make him sing a bit. There's, like, a trivia bit. There's a trivia like, bit. Um, but so that's the deal, and then and they're not giving him the phone back until that. That's basically established. They also really like to play in these scenes where they're talking on the phone. They really like to play with the fact that they're both in split screen boxes yes. next to each other. Because he's like calling her, and then when her box slides in, he like reacts where he's like, "Whoa!" Like it doesn't really make sense. For I didn't even notice that. It's weird, but I kind of liked it. And then also Brenda Song's like talking to the other three girlfriends about how she knows Madonna because she talked to her. Which jump Brenda Song, but whatever. I don't know why you decided to talk to them. But my this is where my question is raised about Brenda Song's character is like, why does she want to talk to Jordan Cahill? I get why Daniel Panabaker does, but why is she into this? I think it's all coming back to like the being like the kid on the move like status. Like regardless if you care or not about like the celebrity, like it's a being close to fame sort of a thing. Yeah, and being cool I guess. Indifferent. I don't think she really gives a shit about Jordan Cahill. She probably knows who he is, judging on what we learn about her later. But I think it is more of like a being just like a cool and a different... Yeah, I'll give a you... special thing. Sure, I'll give you that. And then they go to stand on the street and like wave signs for the Ashbrook House thing for the mom. Yes. And then they see that Jordan has a hair appointment tomorrow to get to fix his highlights. Because uh, Lord knows you gotta maintain those beauties. Disgusting. Poop streaks through his hair. Um, and she's like, you know what we're going to do? Natasha. Natasha. She grabs the phone. She calls the salon from the address book in the phone or whatever. She's like, hi, uh, this is Natasha. I'm Jordan's assistant. She said this, she's like, I'm the lady on the other end. I was like, it's Jordan's people. Again, for the trailer. Yes. 
Because it's like a, we're supposed to believe, I didn't get this when I was younger, but like what I'm supposed to, what I'm getting now is that like, he's not from this town. And so like this local salon got to come up and be able to like do his hair for like this music video. So exactly. it's like, they don't know him. It's not like his normal salon. They right. Continue. And she's like, all right, here's some ground rules. Um, one. Never look him in the eye. Never look him in the eye. Um, he will only eat raisins. And always kneel. But, but here's always kneel before you speak to him. Also, how does she know? That's that exactly the problem. That he's only he's, it's only him, Len, and Eddie in the room when he says the raisins thing. Admittedly, they like come up to the other side of the glass, and so maybe they could have heard okay, it. Okay, good. I'm but glad someone really, picked up on it. Really impossible that she knows that he hates raisins. Um, and three, he wants all of his hair chopped off. And then Daniel Pennebaker is immediately like. <gasps> No, you can't do that. And then she's like, don't worry. They're not actually going to cut all of his hair off. No one's that stupid. And no one's going to, he's not going to let them do it. And we immediately cut to him having all of his hair cut off. And he looks amazing. He looks much better. But like, he's there for highlights. The second she took scissors out. Why would you not be like, why are you cutting my hair? I'm going for highlights. Or anyone, or like, he has a say in it. It's not like you go in and sit down don't say two words. They don't blindfold you when you get your haircut. I don't know. It's a kid's movie. I'll let it, I mean, I, I get it, but whatever. Also, there's a weird transition where she's, he's freaking out, like, what have you done, my hair? And then she's, like, looking down at him, like, looking down and holding you know, up at raisins. raisins. It's just, like, raisins. And then uh, it cuts to Christian Nielsen putting raisins on the t- tail, being like, here you go. Uh, yes, Cooper. yes. But also, it's dinner, so why did he why want, do you want a bag of raisins? No, I'm not, like, a box of raisins at, like, mm, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. What? It was, like, they were just... I saw that same thing when I saw Weird transition. And then, so then, uh, Cooper decides to try and, like, play with Daniel, where he's like, oh, can I get a cell phone? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, I want to get one of those new ones with Wyatt and wife. And they keep doing these weird pull-ins to his face, and it's just horrifying, where he's just like, and Wi-Fi access. Kind of this, like, devilish, like, eyebrow. Just just like the one that Brittany, and then she, like, kicks over his chair, which is impossible if you see the way that they're sitting. There's no, I grant, I know... Daniel Pennebaker is very tall and probably has really long legs, but there's, but there's no, no, way no possible happened. way that worked. But then, all, again, we get another phone call blast, and the dad picks up this time, not uh, Danielle, and we learn that all Jordan, all Jordan's hair has been chopped off, and she's like, and again, for the trailer, I can't believe we did that. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to, what was it, like, music updates or whatever? Music updates, being like, the classic television being, show. Being like, the golden mane has been cut short, and like, being so overdramatic about it. And then it shows Jordan, Len, and Eddie all in their hotel room freaking out. Yeah. Well, mostly Len. Len's like, I can't believe we did About the hair. can't believe this, how could this happen, blah, 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 blah. That's your but whole look. But then they try to spin it. And then, and then Len's just like, wait a minute. Your image. New song, new album, new music video, new image. I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to call all the media people, give them an exclusive on Jordan's new look. It's going to be great. Uh, I saved it. We're all great. We're all good. And then uh, Jordan sits Eddie down and is like, I know what you did. And then he's like thinking that I know you lost the phone or whatever. And then he's like, because someone, the salon said someone called for my personal cell phone yeah. to change. To change my haircut. And situation. then he's about to say like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. But he goes, I lost your oh, phone. Yeah, I lost your phone. And then he's like, thank you. And he's like, what? And he's like, I never would have made this kind of change, man, but I really needed it. It's like how I used I've to been wear trapped by this hair. hairstyle. Like it really helped me out. And the fact that he tries to spin this into a positive is crazy. I don't care how good of a friend you are with me. You can't call the salon and, and change I don't care how much of a change I needed. I don't want someone hijacking I, yeah. my hair fucking haircut. Exactly. But they. But he's just like, thank you, man. You really... Thanks so much. You did it because I wouldn't. This is such a jump. I, I mean, I guess if they're thinking that you called from his personal cell phone, but still, it's like crazy to imagine that like your friend would just call and change your haircut. And you're cut cool with it. 
And then I think he also asks for his cell phone, and then he's like, yeah, sure, and then he bought, like, another one. A fake, a yeah. Fake, another one. Burner. He, burner, burner phone, And baby. he throws it to him, and he's like, oh, it's not working. He's like, oh, man, I must have forgot to charge it, and he's like, oh, don't, it's cool, man, I'll just call Penelope from the landline. But this also raises the question, is, they use the phone throughout each other's phones throughout these films, throughout the film, how are they charging each other's phone? Good question. She doesn't have his charger. He doesn't have her charger. Wait, they went to char- to get a charger at like a radio shop. I guess. R.I.P. May they rest. Uh, yeah, man. And this is and this is one of those scenes. I feel like Taron Killam is good in this role, but I feel like sometimes he's better than others. And this scene is where he's pretty good. Where he's like, Sneels actually don't look that bad. It's like, yes. like it's like it's cool to see him like that. But sometimes his acting. is I think weird. he's great in the whole thing, and I think that anything other than saying he's great should be considered a, a war crime. I just think sometimes his acting is a little off, but I think yeah, most of the time he's good. But then we cut to Dana Panabaker. She's trying to crack the password because they don't have full access to the phone. They only have access to, like, his address book, his phone, yes. whatever. And so she's, like, trying a password or something. And then she just looks under her bed. Cooper's under the bed now, I guess. And she's like, listen, I can get mad at you for being hidden in my room. Or you can help me crack the password. And he's like, okay. And he, like, looks at it. And he's like, how old? What's this guy's birthday? And she goes... April 1st, 1998, which is the day after we post this, which I thought was funny. Oh he, was, he was born on April Fool's Day. And he, like, just types in some stuff, and then he's like, there, you have full access. And she's like, he uses his birthday? Which is the first thing I would have tried if I was in her situation. But then he goes, this is really confusing, right? Yeah. He says, he's over 18. Anyone over 18 just uses the factory setting. What is, what is the what factory, factory setting? setting? Like, is there, like, is the implication that there's just a password that your phone has on it when you buy it, and he knows that that's somehow? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, he's done extensive research on the phone. And also, why does Cooper have this weird, like, psych-like knowledge that he can just be like, oh, he's over 18. Of course he's used the factory setting. Don't it's, let it hold us down. We need to keep moving, because why I don't could it, but I'm just saying, are on my notes. But I'm just saying, why couldn't it have been, it's his birthday, and she knows his birthday because it's she's a super fan, like... That would make sense. So then she goes and talks Wait, to... so... But no, my point is the fact... I, I don't know when this comes up. I don't know if it's the hair appointment or this factory setting thing. But these fake-ass graphics that never existed on a BlackBerry. <laughs> I don't know if you're too young to have ever been on a BlackBerry or, like, known what a BlackBerry looks like. No, I remember the BlackBerry The fucking like. graphics on this thing look like Xenon Girl of the 21st Century that Disney's putting them on there. Like, it is, like, mylyrics.app. And, like, that, <laughs> like this shit never existed on a BlackBerry. Let's just get that clear. Well, there's also, there's also the fact that she's watching TV on it at one point. It's, yeah, like, a crystal clear what image. The fuck? It's, like, HD. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but so then she talks to Brandon the next day being like, uh, oh my gosh, like his lyrics are so different and so much more meaningful and stuff. Like more than me is all about like not feeling adequate or something. I don't remember what it's actually, she actually says, like, I feel so bad for him. Like he feels trapped and everything. And then, so then they're like, you know what? We have all of it. We have all this information. We could like, um, she wants to use the information to make him happier. And Brenda's song just seems more like she just wants to mess with him. Yeah. And again, I'm confused about her motivation behind doing that. Is I don't get why she wants to do that. If she just, if like, why she wants to talk to Jordan, why she cares about messing with him. Or maybe because she thinks that'll make them, if they keep messing with him, then it'll like speed the process along. I don't know. But she lists off his interests, which include, he misses his two dogs. Yes. He loves frisbee golf. 
Was we, that an interest? That was a thing because that happened. That comes up in what's about to happen. Oh, there's a third one. Oh no! And then he like Penelope. And no, 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 he hates his clothes. Like they buy him new clothes or yes, something. Yes. Yes. Um, and so he hates like the way the studio makes him dress. They're talking. They're being like, okay, he's miserable. So then we cut to the banger of the century. You guys, I didn't know why I knew all the words to this. Neither song. did I. They I was just in the started exact the song. Just started playing of like the montage. Is like we're gonna fix his life. And I was like, why am I singing all the words? Kick back and relax for a little while. Sit down in a comfortable chair. Build your story, your arms in the air. It's, it's the, the good, good life. life. So why all tripping the good life, slipping away. And it's the good it's life. It's the good life by Jesse McCartney. It's a good life. So why all tripping the good life, slipping away. We see Jordan like in his new clothes, which are terrible because he's like, still it's bad. a beanie with like a leather jacket. It doesn't work. It looks better then, than whatever was happening before. Yeah, it's though. better, but not by much. Then his like two big fuzzy, I don't know what kind of dogs those are. Shetland sheep dogs. Were they? I thought they were. Okay. Uh, two big dogs come in and he's no, like petting them. Shet- no, no I, they're not like Shetland. But if they're like the Nana dog from yes. Peter Pan, whatever that is. St. Bernard? Peter- Bernie's Mountain Dog? Mm-mm. They're like white. We're spending too much time on mm-hmm. this. Um, we definitely are. His dogs come in, and then we see him, like, playing. He has, like, his security team wear, um, like... That is where the first yeah, comes in. Yeah, wear, like, pieces of paper that say, like, par four on them, and then, like, throw the frisbee at them, and that's how they worked frisbee golf into it. Which is really, it's really funny to me that, like, they had to get Taryn Killam to, like, th- throw a frisbee at a guy and, like, pet these dogs. It's very demeaning. It's a weird, but it's a good montage. I like this montage. And, like we said, we see... Daniel Panabaker also kind of changing her life and like she's starting to dress more like uh uh Brenda Song does yes. and whatnot, and this will come up later. But it's actually pretty subtle because they don't outright say it. Like they just kind of like let it happen. It's sh- very slow and gradual. They show, don't tell. They're old English sheepdogs. Old English sheepdogs, everyone. Old English oh, sheepdogs. That's like that's like the, the shaggy dog with, yes, with Tim yes, Allen. Yes. Yeah, that that's dog. what they were. Yeah. So then, uh, and then it cuts to her at some point coming home and like at night and we see the mom and dad, like mom's all sad and crying because the house isn't going to get saved because like seven people are only going to show up to the rally. And so Daniel Panabaker gets this idea and we don't really see what it is yet. Also, I just want to drive this home right now. The house is a metaphor. It's a metaphor. And I wrote it in all... It's a metaphor for Daniel Panabaker. (laughs) It's a really heavy handed metaphor. But it, they and they start drilling it home eventually. But the the house is the island of hope in the sea of sameness. That Daniel Panabaker is, and it is really beautiful. And it did make me cry when I watched it. <laughs> Wait, so I thought you were saying it's like heavy handed and bad, and then you're like, no, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing metaphor. Great. Um. So then we cut to school the next day. Again, Brenda is talking to the friends, being like, "I do know Jordan Cahill." Blah 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 blah. Again, I don't know what her goal is by the doing this. She, Danny Panabaker walks up there like, you do not know Jordan Cahill, blah, 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 blah. Brenda's line. A lot of line. newsboy caps happening here. Of course it is. It's the early 2000s. And she's wearing the trucker hat that Brenda Song was yes. wearing earlier. And she's like, you don't know Jordan Cahill. Come on. She's got to be lying, right? And then she's just like, you know what? Yes, it is true. I know. I have Jordan Cahill's phone. I've done all of these changes. It was this all, all me. me. This was all me. And Brenda Song's like trying to get a word in edgewise. She's like sticking her out and like, it was me there. I was there too. I yeah, was there. And so she feels, and then she leaves dejected. And they're like, can we meet him? Can we meet him? And it's like, well, that's the thing. That's my great idea. What I'm going to do, I come to the Ashbrook House rally on Saturday. And uh, you can see him there if I say so. Because like, I'm the best. I can control him. And like a whole crowd is gathered. So they all know about it. Not just the four girls. Um, and then we cut to 
her talking to Addie being like, listen, Jordan's performing Saturday after Cow's Rally. And then I'm the only way I'm giving I'll the phone. I'll switch the phone. Only way I'm giving the phone back. And then he's like, fine, whatever. I'm, he doesn't really seem to have a plan to make that happen, but it, it works out. And uh, then she hangs up the phone and immediately gets a phone call from Penelope. And then she's like, hello. And then she's like, who's this? It's like, oh, we don't, again, we don't see this. We just, we don't even hear a voice, really. We just, we don't we, even we, hear a word. But she's just like, oh, you're coming in Saturday. Ooh, Ooh, Saturday's, Saturday's not, not good, good for, for Jordan. Jordan. He's, got, he's already booked. So you'll have to figure out another time. Because okay. of the Ashbrook House Rally. Because of the Ashbrook House Rally. So, great, cool. She is she is writing a huge check that she's going to have to cash by telling all these people, like, oh, he's definitely coming. She hasn't even brought the subject up. I also feel up. like we really cut in half a lot of really important things that make this movie what it is and as good as it is. We just haven't touched on them because they weren't, like, sensational. But the fact that Danielle Pennebaker is, like, a songwriter, and she writes all these songs, and... It, her and Brenda Song became so close, she was, like, calling Brenda Song at a certain point, like, playing the songs for her. And her Brenda Song was like, oh, my God, they're so amazing. Like, they became really good friends, you guys. And I need everyone to get on board with that before we enter the third act of this, this drama. Yes, because it's all about to come down. So, we cut to Panda Baker's house. Her parents make her, like, a really big ice cream sundae because she got Jordan Cahill to come to the rally. And the mom's all excited yes, and everything. Yes, I said that Daniel Pettigrew has gone mad with power. She has. And I said, this Sunday is an insane side. It's huge. It's nothing that any human could ever finish. It's, it's not on par with the everything in the kitchen sink Sunday from Geek Charming. But just, but like, dude, just sheer volume. It's, it's like it's like a giant, it's in, like, a popcorn bowl. Yes. It's not, like, a tiny little a bowl. A family-sized popcorn yes. bowl. It's huge. No, no human person could eat it. Um, but so, and, like, Jesse is being forced to clear the dishes instead of... Um, She's like, it's not really my night to clear them. Yes. And, uh... So she's like trying to talk, like, oh, you gotta know how to know who to call, blah, 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 et cetera. But then she's like, how did you do this? She's like, oh, you just have to know who to call. Right. And then Jesse's like, well, he probably won't be very happy, is the thing. And then she's like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, his girlfriend just broke up with him. Or they just broke up. Word on the street is, I don't know why Jesse's so into these hot. Yeah, I thought she was into science and molecules. Uh, But she's like, oh, his girl, they just, word on the street is she broke up with him. I don't know. Admittedly, they say later on they were on the rocks already, but I don't know why a sudden... They don't give us anywhere near enough backstory on this no. for us to, like, care about this breakup. But just, like, a, a slight rescheduling apparently throws them into a spiral. Like, that, literally, that, that is the like... end of the end. Yep. And so she freaks out because she genuinely feels really bad. Like, this is she ruined their whole relationship. She's now fucked with someone's life very seriously. Yes. And she, like, goes watch more music update about, like... Music updates. Why Jordan Cahill... America's favorite television show. Yeah, why Jordan Cahill is... Life is falling apart. His music video is behind. His girlfriend's broke up with him. It's all bad. His hair's cut. His hair's cut. It's all bad. And she feels really, really sad. So she uh, goes... The next day, she goes to Brenda Song's house to try and get contact with her because she's not answering anything. And so we finally see Brenda Song's mom. She's like, oh, Brittany, it's so nice to see you. And to talk to you, you've been, it's so nice that you've been hanging out with uh, Natasha. Natasha. She, she's up in her room. And I just wanted to thank you for being her friend because she's so shy and it's really hard. Everybody's immediately like, um, shy? This shy. bitch is wild. She's a queen. She, yeah, she's very... And so she's automatically, okay, that's weird. And then the mom goes on to invite her to like a barbecue because Natasha's dad is coming home from work. Mm-hmm. And immediately you can... You can Again, Daniel Panabaker, a queen amongst peasants. <laughs> you can see the wheels turning in her head. We're like, 
you can very much tell. And they also do like heavy handed flashbacks. They do. They do like black and white flashbacks to about twenty minutes ago, where <laughs> every, every, everything Natasha said. It's like, and like you can, and it's supposed to be like everything Kaiser Sozing falling in place in her brain. Yes, <laughs> yes. Where like she now realizes she's like, oh my, like you know, half the year in Europe with my dad, he works out there. We now realize that, like, the parents are not divorced, just what, like, Natasha, like, she didn't say they were divorced, but the thing that she was kind of leading her to water to was, like, the fact that they were divorced and lived in different continents. Mm -hmm. And we're also now learning that, like, Natasha's dad was not, like, a, uh, you know... Globetrotting salesman. Globetrotting salesman who lived in London and Madrid. He lives, works in Buffalo. Yes. And so they're not even from New York, we're allowed to believe. They're from, like, Buffalo. No, yes, the Buffalo yes. area. She doesn't say anything to the mom. She just kind of runs upstairs and She's is like, like... ooh, ooh. She turns into Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's like, interesting. Well, she does, she does. She, you can kind of tell in her voice she now is like, oh, shit, this bitch is alive, but she doesn't say anything and goes back out. Yes. And so then she goes upstairs uh, to Natasha's room, and she's, like, doing her homework with headphones on, and she just rips those some bitch right, right off her head. Right off. Right off. And she's like, and Natasha is immediately on the defense. It's like, hey. What did you do that for? And with guys, it is queen versus queen. This is a... Hannah Baker a, versus Brenda Song. This is an emotional scene, and they're both trying to outact each other, and I can't declare a winner because it's like fucking watching Muhammad Ali and another person that is just as good as Muhammad Ali. I was going to say, I, I, I saw on her face, she said Muhammad Ali, and I was like, name a boxer, name any of his famous fights, and I will give this to you. I couldn't, I couldn't, I only have Muhammad Ali, but it's, it is a duel. It's, it's a massive, not, it's a massive sparring of words. She comes at Brenda Song hard for lying to her. She comes at Panda Baker hard for excluding her from uh, getting any of the credit for doing all the stuff to Jordan. Being like, oh, you always have to be the center of attention. And I mean, the beautiful you, thing about this fight is that they're both right. They're both right and they're both wrong at the same time. Wow, this got to yeah, Shit, that's where it hurts. It's, yeah, I, I, know, I know where to go. Because she's like, you're a liar. You told me you were all this from New York and cool and whatever. No, she says, you told me you were fabulous and from New York. And she's like, like I am. I'm fabulous, fabulous, you bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, no truer words have ever been spoken by Brenda Song. That this movie should have been rated hard R because she just should have been able to say that because that's what she was implying. Let Brenda Song say bitch. Uh, fucking bitch. And then she's like, "You lied to me. Face it. I know you love Jordan Cahill. You lied straight to my face about that. And you're like." And then she's like, and you need to be the center of attention. You told everyone it was all your things. Like, That's exactly what you did to me in the beginning when I was telling my friends you knew Madonna and all this stuff. And it's like, again, this is really good writing by these because two Because they're both wrong and they're both right, right Exactly. Lucas, I'm you're saying, right and you're wrong. It's, it's very, very good. It hurts also because you want them to be friends because their friendship is so beautiful. You can tell they really care about each other. And then, like, she's going to the rally and, like... Brady knows she's in some deep shit, and she's like, fuck, like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Please come. And Natasha's like, no, and she yeah. keeps staying on her bed. And they also have, they also point out what we were saying, that she's like, you, for someone who wants to be so different, you sure have been dressing just like me. Like, you're trying yes. so hard to be like me, because I am fabulous. And this is, and this is the only point in the movie when I got nostalgic, because does anyone else remember 
the beautiful time when we could all just lie to each other. Yes. Like, like you could just be like, oh yeah, I'm totally from New York, and no one could look up on Facebook that you're from Luke, Buffalo. Luke, that's such an amazing point. <laughs> also, just like the little things. Little you could things. just be like, oh yeah, last night I was, you know, I was at this one ice cream place, I was, you know, I was at TCBY, and like, nobody had a geotag, <laughs> exactly. you didn't know where the fuck no you were. No one had were. a snap map. Nobody had a snap map. You could just look at your friends right in the face, your closest friends, and lie right to their fucking eye holes. <laughs> And now you can't do that anymore. It's sad. It's for social media has ruined lying. I which is so sad. I love lying. <laughs> Especially to your friends and loved ones. Oh, it's the people you it's, love the most. It's that's when it's lying from the give get the How do you even build a relationship? <laughs> that's anymore. when you get the sickest highs is when you're lying to someone you care about. <laughs> um But yeah, that made me real nostalgic for two thousand four. <laughs> you you can just say get whatever. Crazy shit. Um, okay. So they're fighting so loud, the mom comes in and is like, what is going on? She's like, yo, bitches. Yeah, which I was surprised by, because if I were a parent and I heard two teenage girls fighting, I would not get involved unless I heard, like, punches. I think I would just leave the house. I would just be like, they've got to work some stuff out. Like, I was like, I'm going to go to Target. I'll see you guys later. It's like that commercial. Like, so I, That's actually, As someone on. that was once a 14-year-old girl, I never want to be involved in another 14-year-old girl battle again. That's actually one of the, you know those Target commercials where it's like, hey, I'm making a Target run. Anyone need anything in like the people open up the targets and start talking. It would be amazing. If it was just two teenage girls having a freaking blood curdling shouting match. Being like, "You're a liar. You're a whore, Brittany." Oh, by the way, I need some. I need some ice cream. Can you get pick me up some? This horrible argument. It's gone. In the Such middle a weird of, I know, place. but it's very funny to me. Anyway, so they Brittany storms off. She's got no help from Brenda. She's got shit to do. Mm-hmm. And she, then she gets a call on the BlackBerry, and she takes her helmet off dramatically, even though you don't There's need to take your helmet off. There's also the amount of helmet on and off that happens in the last <laughs> twenty minutes of this movie. It's just being like helmet. You can just hear the director <laughs> screaming. Um, and she gives this whole diatribe about like, listen, I'm sorry, I did this, but but but. I've never done it. Was, it was all wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing is, they don't reveal that Eddie's on the other line until she. She's done talking for a solid two minutes. So I thought it was going to be like Len on the other line or something. Yeah. Like that. Like that's how the whole thing was going to get. Had I not remembered every single beat of this movie, I would agree with you. But yes. But so, and then Eddie's like, well, I wish you'd have told me that sooner because Jordan left. And she's like, what? And he's Jordan's like. Jordan's on the lamb. I had to tell him everything because I couldn't keep could keep covered up anymore. He knows you have his phone. He didn't like the fact that his life was being controlled by two, na- two teenage girls. Switch valid. Valid. And uh, he just packed up and left. We don't know where he is. Um, and then she gets a call f- from her phone. And then it's Jordan Cahill himself talking to Brittany. And then on he's a park like, bench. On a park bench somewhere just shouting for a taxi. And then she's like, you're not going to get a taxi. It's the suburbs. suburbs. But so he's talking to her being like, uh, listen, I actually really appreciate everything you did for me. You actually did more for me than anyone who works for me, and I'm not mad at you or anything, etc. And then she's like, okay, where are you? I'll come and get you. And then, like, hangs up the phone, whatever. But also, this is something I wrote down in my notes here that we should talk about. No one respects that phones can be called back in this movie. No. Eddie never calls her back right no. after she hangs up on him. No. She never calls Eddie back. It's like they have to wait. Like, also, there's why so many, didn't nobody so, know this? Because so much of the movie is people hanging up on each other. It's like, you know, you can just dial the same, right, the same number. You don't have to wait 12 hours. In order you know to... what number they're calling from at that point. You just redial Exactly. Them. You just wait until they call you but, back. So Len goes and gets Eddie, and he's like, listen, we got to go find Jordan. And he's like, I don't know where he is. And he gets like two thugs behind him. Who like, are these thugs? I guess just... These are nameless cr- thugs. Crew gaffers. they also are <laughs> weird skull beanies <laughs> to make them look more ominous but it's like where do they find I'm guessing 
think they're gaffers or people on the crew or something. Who cares? Um, but then he's like, okay, well, how are we going to find him? I don't know where he is. And then he's like, well, he's got his phone on, doesn't he? I just enabled the GPS tracking. And then Eddie... Hello? Well, to be fair, Eddie is supposed to be an idiot. And he's like, wait, there was a thing? No one told me that there was a thing to track the phone? And so then they're like, all right, we're going to go find him. And they all pile into a minivan. And they make a weird joke where they're like, you got a minivan? He's like, it's all they had. And I was like... Why do we care? the suburbs, I bitch. Know. Stuck in the suburbs. I guess. I just, like the mom in the beginning who's driving minivan. Yeah, Get I just... It was a dumb joke. Oh, sorry. So we see that happen, and then she gets the call from Jordan, because she's sitting on a different bench when they pull up. I got that out of order. So then they pull up and she's like, oh, I'll come and get you. And then they're like, hey, who are you? Why do you have Jordan's phone? And then she just turns the camera and screams. Ah! Because in Disney Channel world, all women scream when something's scary. Like banshees. But so the thing that happens here is they don't catch her. They're they're 10 feet away. They're They're in a car. They're in a car. She's on a bike. But no, what I'm saying is. And it takes her so long to get onto the bike. It takes her so long to get on the bike. They're like behind her. See, they're right there. And I think what they were trying to imply is that they're having confusion whether or not they're going to chase her on the bike or on foot, on the ca- in the car or on foot. But they all just pile in the car and then just chase her. And, like, the implication is that she's, like, you know, on a bike weaving through the suburbs. She knows the area. Whatever. But they are, were right there. They're they, in a car. And they're grown men. They could have gotten to her in five seconds. Yes. So then she goes back to her house to, like, regroup, which is not the place I would go no. when I have people on my tail, no. but whatever. She goes Bad back to, move, everyone. She goes back to her house. go to your house first. Right. She, they have people on your tail. She goes back to her house to try and call Natasha, because she's like, listen, dudes are after me. I really need your help. And then Natasha's she's already in her room. room. And she's like, I'm already she's here. She's already there. Because they're she best friends. Knew. <laughs> she knew. She felt sorry. I'm grabbing Luke right she now, is. guys, because it's so beautiful. Our, our relationship as siblings is not as beautiful as their relationship as friends. And I said, this, at its core is the story of two girls friendship it has no Mm -hmm. romantic undertones it is nothing but the beautiful story of two women who needed each other and found each other and are supportive good friends to each other after a bump in the road that's these are all accurate statements yep and an adventure not and funny. a pop star. I'm not doing comedy right no. now. I'm just doing the way Emma, that this made me feel. I feel like this might be the most emotionally affected Emma has been by a movie that's I far. was just when she was when she showed up there, it was in the room. It was beautiful to me. I wrote down Friendship is so beautiful in all caps. I I it just really this movie hits a right of, home. Lot, checks a lot of boxes for you. Checks a lot of boxes. Um so because I don't think we need movies about 14-year-old girls falling in love. I think we need 14-year-old girls falling in love with their best fucking friend for the rest of their life. That's the real relationship you're going to have when you're 14 is going to last the rest of your life. Not some dumbass boyfriend because you're 14. Very true. Sorry. No, it's fine. And I love that there's a pop star, but no one falls in love with a pop star. Nope. He's just a chill friend. Well, he probably shouldn't chill. because he's over 18 and they're 13 years old, Emma. That's but it's like, it's like they could have aged him down or something. But like, that's not something they the could have made him a Justin Bieber type. The pop star is just like an impetus to their friendship. He's not like really a romantic figure in, in any okay, way. Okay, that's fair. Which I like. Um, but so then they make up, and she's like, I was jealous of you because you were so cool. And, and she's like, I was jealous of you. Because you had friends, and, like, I've made me feel less than, or whatever. And so they make up, kiss, kiss, whatever. Um, they don't kiss, but, like, No, you know, but kiss and make up is what I was doing. I mean, listen, if they want to be gay, they can be gay. But I, I just, but it's not romantic. I wish they were gay. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. I'm just saying it's not a romantic connotation no. thus far. It's Stuck in the Suburbs too. if they're gay. I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Um, also, make Stuck in the Suburbs too. Disney Channel. Where is Stuck in the Suburbs too? <laughs> so then they go downstairs like, okay, we have to find Jordan. And so they go to the front door and the bad guys are there. And they're like, 
and, they're, and they, <laughs> they freak out again. and they're like, where is Jordan? And then someone says something about him leaving the business forever, which is I not get is what Jordan is trying to do. I know, me either. Um, but then they run out the back and jump into a neighbor's yard and uh, talk to the neighbor. It's supposed to be a gag. It's, it's very Ferris Bueller. Yes, it's supposed to be. this gag. It's They're like hopping fences and they have to like talk to a neighbor in a pool. And then it's the, very Ferris Bueller. And then the brother comes out and get, gives them the bike because they need it. And he was hiding on the back of the door and she didn't find him. It's the conclusion of his arc, I guess. And so then they start going through the neighborhoods trying to find Jordan and they're trying to chase them down in the car. And then something happens that I genuinely did not expect. They play stuck in the middle with you. They play stuck in the middle with you. Now you wouldn't think a film like Reservoir Dogs and Stuck in the Suburbs would have, would have, have any kind of connective tissue. But, but you don't know Savage Steve Tom <laughs> that I do. I'm like I'm genuinely surprised they got the rights for this. Like, so am I. Like, and I wrote down I want the soundtrack of this movie to be played at my funeral start to finish. Don't go, <laughs> don't book any other songs because this fucking movie has it all. You got Daniel Pennebaker to the left, Brenda Song to the right, and stuck in the middle. So, yes, it is the music on this fucking fucking movie. I was like, oh my god. This it's, is incredible. It's very good. But so we do this whole montage, whatever. Um, then they find like the park bench where he was, I guess, and then they're like, where'd he go? And I also said helmets because Disney. Oh yeah, they make Brenda Song put on a helmet and it's human. There's a whole thing she's like, helmets aren't my style. And then like the car's coming oh. behind her. She's like, oh, maybe just this once. Also, they do again freaking where they absolutely should have grabbed them because they're arguing about having helmets and getting out, taking time to get on the bike and they're in the car. They're on the same street as the goddamn bike and they just like drive. You can see the car like leave their, like there's no way you could not have stopped them. It's insanity they don't catch them. But so then they're like, all right, where's Jordan? We're at the bench. And then he's like, oh, I, he says he got hungry. And so yeah. we to, this was some dumb it shit was on weird. His it was weird. So he went to like a diner to go and get something to eat because he was hungry, and he's like eating things, and he gets a this little. Was, this is where he's fucking dumb. Where he's like, I'm gonna keep a low profile. He yeah, he, he said he literally says, "I'm no one knows who I am. I'm just gonna keep a low profile, have something to eat." And he immediately takes off his entire disguise, his hat and sunglasses, and he like opens a little bobblehead of himself. And it's like I, I don't, I guess. And then everyone in the restaurant immediately turns to him and is like. <gasps> And then they chase him out of the restaurant, and they're chasing him down the street, and then they... And this was the second joke that I laughed out loud yes, at, which is so right. good. This is so funny. <laughs> he... Where they, she's talking, he's talking to Daniel Panabaker. They're in person, they're not on the phone, but they've met up on the street. And then he, Daniel Panabaker, or Brenda Song says to him... Jaylo uh, called. Her birthday's next <laughs> week. Very casual, no, no gifts. gifts. And then he's like, thanks. By the way, no soccer practice tomorrow. She goes, thanks, great, uh, I'm swamped. <laughs> I'm so full, I'm way behind on my homework. It was a great job. <laughs> it was a great job. But the thing is, is he's the entire crowd is still chasing him. He's at like a light jog. Like, yeah, how slow are those girls running? They're, they're very. They should slow. go to soccer practice mm-hmm. because they're slow. Great commentary, Emma. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but then so they're like, okay, let's lose this crowd. The way that they lose this crowd is apparently like a playground with like a giant plastic tube, tube. and like I always thought in my memory that this was like one of those like little like I don't I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm really sorry, guys. Like one of those like little reservoir things, like reservoir dogs. <laughs> no, but like 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 underground. You know, oh, like, like, oh yeah, like when you see like when you have a driveway and then like a trough. Yes, yes, yes. And then you have a metal thing connected. Yes. It's like a big one of those. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought was. This thing is fully above ground. Yeah, it's it's in a part. It's in a playground. But yeah, I get what you're saying. That would make more sense because it I thought it was one of those like more covered like rain yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I get what you're saying. 
Uh, it doesn't make any sense because it's huge and there's no way they could have escaped the crowd in it, but whatever. Well, so then they talk to Jordan and they're like, you know, obviously really jazzed. And then this is where Brenda Song like shows she knows a lot about Jordan, so it implies that she is a fan of Jordan Cahill, I we guess. We never really get this one. This never point. I feel like Brenda Song could have been written a little bit better. She's pretty good in terms of her character, but just in terms of like what her actual backstory is and motivations could have been better um but so then they're like listen man really really sorry we did this whatever he's like no no you guys showed me that like these are the things more than me i could be more than me these are the things that really make me happy but i would like my phone back and they're like yeah here but also we're gonna hook you up my homie and they're and he's like what and so they do some nonsense transference of data this is what i said in what fucking universe is Universal Send available on a Nokia? She's on a pink Nokia. No, not even can and you... she's able to Universal Send lyrics to the universe. No, not even Universal Send. It's the fact that she can her Nokia can receive documents and email. No phone in two thousand four that was not that a library. Like it was a fucking brick. Yeah. It's a Nokia. A Nokia was basically a firefly. You guys, you could call home and call the hospital. That's about fucking all a Nokia could do. Right, and this raised real questions for me as a child not about like technical specs but i'll talk about it in a second but so then he's like what did you do and he's like now the entire world has your version of more than me and then he's like what how's that possible like, well not the whole world but close to it but what they're basically trying to say is that she sent it to all of her friends her stan friends, her friends. and then they it's sent like, it to it's people it's like sending it to stan twitter and so then it just like explodes. Like, it goes everywhere but the thing is is they start playing his version of more than me over it so what I thought as a kid was that she sent them, like, an audio file with... But I don't think that's what No, that no, no. They, they say in a minute that it's just the lyrics in an email. But, like, they pick... But the thing is, the phone rings. They pick it up and go, hello. And then they're just like, oh, oh, my gosh. And I thought that... And the, you hear the song. So I thought they were like, they called everyone's phone and now it's playing more than me. No. But that's not what's happening. Because then we cut to Len and he's like, oh, someone just emailed me the lyrics for more than me. This was supposed to be a world-exclusive crap crap wait a minute it's not even the right words and he's like oh these are jordan's lyrics like he must have done this then they go to the playground and they are like about to charge the pipe they were hiding in and they send one guy out on one side and they just run into each and other spoiler alert, they and run into they, each other and, the, and just the phone is just sitting on the ground then they're also like at this point i think this is why i wrote this down they're like where are they and it's like, um, the rally, you dumbass bitch. You guys know the rally is happening. Eddie does. You, Eddie is supposed yes, to know. Yes, Eddie is supposed to know. But like, where could they be at this exact time that I knew where they were going to be? But here's the thing is, we never actually see Jordan say, like, you know what? You guys helped me out so much. I'm, I am going to perform at this rally. Like, I guess Eddie did tell him about it when he told him the truth. But just, like, it's not like, you know what? Thank you for doing that for me. Guess what? Let's go save this house. So they don't find them. And then we see that they got Jesse, the sister, to drive them to the house. And they have a conversation in the car where, like, Jordan, like, says, like he grew up in this place yeah. or, and, sorry he grew okay. up in a place just like this and he felt just like Brittany did and like they he, talk about that she writes songs and if, and she's like you were an island of hope and the sea of sameness is like oh that's pretty good can I use that sometime and she's like Brittany wrote it she's so good her songs are all so good because Natasha's a supportive friend she is she is but they also like a good bonding moment where all three of them are like curling up in the back because they're scared of Jesse's driving exactly and, like, kept them her killing them Good stuff, guys. Yeah. It's all I can say is that it's good stuff. Very Natasha good. Natasha supports her friend Brittany and everything that she does and is trying to, like, sell him on her music, and it's good stuff. True. But so then they cut to the rally, and it's just Kirsten Nelson 
standing in front of everyone and being like... And listing 50 reasons why she loves the house. And like trying to buy time because Jordan hasn't shown up yet. People are starting to chant like, we want Jordan, we want Jordan. They're all pissed off and her three friends are there. she's panicking. And then they roll up in the cab, I guess, because I guess they did get a taxi somehow. Um, And they're like, oh, he's here, he's here, here. The audience, the crowd starts freaking out. And then there is a really good Brenda song, Sick Burn, where the girls are standing with their jaws. This was incredible. It's so wait, good. I wrote it down. The wait. girls are standing with their jaws open, and Brenda song goes up to each one of okay, them. Okay, also, wait, 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 wait. So also, Kristen Nielsen is, like, talking about the house. And, like, you would think that, like, in a universe that made sense, the girls that would be yelling about, like, where's Jordan Kale would be 12-year-old girls. Oh, For some reason, it's everyone of... 45-year-old women. It's everyone of all ages, yeah, backgrounds, like, races. Yeah, everyone loves Jordan. Fuck? These ancient ass bitches care about Jordan King. <laughs> Everyone cares about Jordan King. It's, it's men, it's, it's women. women and like, Where's Jordan? It's everybody like, loves Jordan King. And like, haven't we established that only 12 year old girls <laughs> care about him? But like, meanwhile, these old ass people are like, give us Jordan or give us death, bitch. Stop talking. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? But continue. But so Brenda Song, so the girls' mouths all drop, hit the floor, and then Brenda Song just walks they up, see they say Jordan Lauren, and then with Danielle, and they're like, oh, she wasn't lying, she did know Jordan, because they said that, that she was probably lying, and then Brenda Song just walks up and touches the, the chin, Each of them, she's their chin, chin. and she's at the bottom of their chin, and just goes, your drool is getting everywhere, excuse like us. Like, you're drooling everywhere. And then it's a sick Brenda Song burn. So yeah, so he goes up to Kirsten Nelson, and is like, oh, you must be Brittany's mom, so nice to meet you, we're gonna try and save your house. And then she's just like... But, but uh, I'm Brandy's mom. mom. <laughs> it was so good. Like, again, Kirsten Nelson is so good in this role. I wish she did more decoms, but she's fantastic. Okay, there's an amazing scene between Brittany and her mom here. There's a really amazing moment where she's like, you're so amazing, like, for saving this house. Like, she has finally has a lovely moment with her mom where, like, she realizes, like, what her mom is doing is really awesome. And the mom is thanking her for, you know, getting this pop star there, like, which brought all the people there and it's like, mm-hmm. saving the house. And she says something to Brittany, like, you're fabulous. And Brittany, like, after the, the fabulous conversation with Natasha, this all kind of ties in. We're like, Brittany looks at her mom. She's like, I'm not half as fabulous as you. I cried. <laughs> it was a beautiful mother-daughter moment. Ugh. You guys, you cannot write shit better than this. <laughs> and a woman could not, anyone who was not a woman could not write this. It is so good and so beautiful. It's very it's like, good. Very good. So he goes around, like, the back of the house to go up on, like, the deck. Like, it's a two-story house. And yeah. the top deck is where they want him to perform. And so he's, like, they go back in there, and he's, like, kind of nervous. And she's, like... You're not nervous, are you? And he's, like, there's no way you're nervous. You've performed, you performed on the Grammys. And he's, like, yeah, but on those, I was performing their songs. This is, like, the first time I've put my music out in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very nervous. And she's, like... Jordan, like this is the per- this is the kind of person. This is what the kind of you the people want to see the real you. Hang on, I forgot something. She leaves, and then Len and those guys show up. I guess Eddie did tell them about the rally. It's never dire- directly addressed, but so Len is like, "Dude, go get Jordan down. He cannot sing this song. It's breaking his contract. It's releasing the song early." But 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 he'll like never work in this town. Will ruin his career. And if you pull this off, I'll let you like manage the tour or whatever. Yeah, I'll give you, you a promotion. Get the big come up. Yeah. And so he goes back around. And he's like, dude, you can't be thinking about doing this. Like, and then Jordan's just like, man, you've always been there for me. I gotta do what I gotta do. Like, I need to do the right thing. Um, and so he's like, yeah, he's like, but this will be the end of us. And he's like, I just this guy, I gotta do what's right or whatever. And he's like, fine, if you gotta do what I gotta do, I gotta do what I gotta do. And it goes out. And you think he's gonna? He's saying. You think he's it. gonna say like? Listen, guys, sorry, Jordan Cahill is not performing today, but he says, I'd like to present my best, best friend, friend, Jordan Cahill. And he comes out with Britney's Clap, guitar. Please. Yeah, comes out with Britney's guitar, and he gives a really nice speech. This reminded me, though, of Mean Girls, the part where, um, my favorite part of Mean Girls, where he, she, you know, takes the crown, 
and uh, the principal, no, but the principal, which is the best line in the group, he's like, you don't have to give a speech when people just, you know, take, take the, the crown, crown and go. It's reminded me of this. It was like, you don't have to give a speech, just you can just you, you play the song, song and go. But he, but but he a gives nice a massive speech about, like, you know. It's not that massive, but it's nice. Leaving your, he yourself. says, this isn't the biggest of causes. It might not change the world, but... Also, there's a great thing that I laughed at hard where he says, this might not change the world. And then there's some woman in the back who shouts, change my world. <laughs> and I laughed pretty hard. She's probably 45. Yeah, all absolutely. Yeah. Also, I said he starts singing more than me. His original virgin post mm-hmm. Version post of more than me, yeah. And I was like, can you motherfuckers clap on beat? <laughs> the people clapping in the beginning, they eventually get on it. That's problem one. Problem two is it's A, so obviously a recording. Yes. B, he's playing an acoustic guitar to an audience yes. that's not amplified. Three, you hear drums and stuff, but then we do see there is a band on this first level. That oh, I didn't even notice there's a, There's a band on the first level. They did not say it was there. I don't know who those people are. They're just there. They are like his backup band. But there's also backup vocals that are clearly just him recorded otherwise. So it's like, more than me, more than me. So it makes no sense given the diegetic music. But it's whatever, done. they do this mo- They do the song, you know, I yeah. don't think it's much of a bop as the pop version, but that's just my problems. And they cut to Brenda's song and Danielle Hannah-Baker, like, in the audience, and they do a montage of, like, their friendship of them biking around and, like, this eating is- ice cream. And I cried at this montage. Really? I, I cried. Felt, I feel like it was, like, really unnecessary, because here's, because, again, this is an hour and 20 minute long movie. It's pretty, it's on the shorter side for a decom. We do not need three distinct flashbacks. <laughs> there was, like, two separate montages that were identical. That were the exact same Oh, clips. yeah. I think it was the uh the sad flashback montage yes. and like most of the friendship montage at the end share a lot of clips. Yeah, there's there's like two friendship montages. Yeah. And you know what? I wasn't fucking mucking mad for one second. I just think I just think it was unnecessary to have some Was it necessary? No. Did I eat up every fucking second? <laughs> yes. Like Did kind- I cry? Also, I mean, none yes. of them are better than the Jesse McCartney one. But. but but like she's like running on the back of her bike and they're eating the ice cream <laughs> and she makes her drop it and it's it's they're just best friends, guys. I don't yes, know what we, else we, to say. We get it, Emma. They're best friends. That's the that's the thing to take away from, from this is that they're best friends. So then we get into the thing I have the biggest problem with in this movie, which is the ending. This is not a good ending. I do not like it. I don't agree with you, but Well, okay. you'll hear my reasons. So we cut to the way the movie opened, where they're driving home for soccer practice. But Brenda Song's in the Brenda Song is on the team. She's wearing a jersey. I guess she's good at soccer now. Or she plays soccer now, even though she didn't want to. Whatever. I can live with that. But then they all come home, come into Brittany's home and are like, oh, it's time. It's almost time. It's almost time. For music updates. To music updates. Cooper puts his way video games. I guess he likes Jordan now, too. Whatever. Oh, oh, but we also see that they did save the Ashbrook house. It's, like, uh, been made it into... Exists. Like, yes. It's been made into, a, like, a nice lawn where people play Frisbee golf, because I guess they had leftover Frisbees from Jordan Cahill's yes. Frisbee, Frisbee thing. It's, like, seriously, there's, like, 15 people. We have people. to shoehorn the... I think the... There's a lot of people playing Frisbee. Savage Steve Holland <laughs> loves Frisbee golf. I wouldn't put it past him. He is a savage. Turn the music... Turn the music update... Oh, sorry. Before that happens, she's on her phone in the car, and she says... Oh, hey, Jordan. Oh, yeah. come to New York this weekend. Mm, sorry, I've got, no a, I got a game or whatever. Yeah, I'll see you later. Bye. Pause. Jordan Cahill is an 18-year-old man asking a 13-year-old child to fly to They're New York. They're friends, Lucas. You don't understand. It's creepy, though. You don't understand. It's creepy, though. You don't understand. Legally Luke. creepy. You don't understand their friendship. Not moving on, just saying, but that's problem one. Problem two, they go in the house and we see the music video for More Than Me finally finished. I This was the one thing I didn't remember. I didn't remember this twist. 
Eddie is performing the song now. They're all, all of them, all the soccer girls, Brenda Song, Dana Panabaker, the three friends are all the backup dancers in this. Yeah. But for some reason, Eddie is the performer. Because I think we're supposed to believe that he backed out of the contract, Cahill. Right, but we've never seen that Eddie wanted to do this. That he no, wanted to we could have a... used one scene where he expressed like, it an doesn't, interest in I scene. didn't see that coming either. I was like, why is this like a closure? I I... Why is this closure for his character? But he's also just like not as good as Taron Killam is doing this kind of stuff. But the other thing is it doesn't give us any resolution on what's going on with Jordan. That's what I said. What happened to Jordan, though? He's just living in New York. We don't. Is he still making music? Is he... I'm better publisher he's still he, famous not publisher producer producer but um I would assume he's still famous because they still are like excited to hear about him the other girls well, uh, well they could just be like oh my gosh Jordan your friend or whatever like I, I don't know but I just it doesn't resolve anything about his path like what I he agree. wanted to do and, and, and all that doesn't matter because we need to understand that the main point of this movie is friendship yes and Brenda Song finally has friends yeah I get that I get that that's fine you just stop getting caught up in the penis details but why are they the penis details because both of those people have penises and they're irrelevant so so you mean the plot like the details of the plot of the penis plot (laughs) okay whatever Um, and then they, so they're, they're watching the music video and doing the dance. I'm pretty sure it's a different dance than the one they're doing in the video, which is weird. Yes. But then they do... But it's the one from the beginning. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't notice. It's definitely similar. And then they do the couch thing again, because it's iconic. But they know they don't tip it over this time. They fall onto it. I've noticed that. Oh, I because thought they, they tipped it over. Because they made the mom mad the first time, so then now they've changed, and they're born Oh, thoughtful. I thought they tipped I totally thought they tipped no, over they I wasn't paying attention, it. I guess. It's a similar move, but they don't tip it over. Um, but that's the end of it. I kind of feel like the ending drops the Jordan and Eddie plots. Which, but I'm saying... I, they're clearly main characters, and the movie dedicates wants. time to them is the thing. Uh, we're, they're trying time. to make us care, is all I'm saying. So, let's talk rankings. We don't have a tagline. Is there anything you want to throw out, aside from friendship will save us all or something? No, I'm trying to think. I, it's hard for me to make fun of this movie, guys, because I really just enjoyed it so viscerally <laughs> much. Emma, Emma has a lot of nostalgia for this one. So I her... wish I could be funnier for you guys, but I actually just couldn't. I would just say, like, Nokia's can't do that. Would be Nokia's can't. Tag, they tagline for, like, every single thing they had that phone do in this movie, but okay. Or just, like, cell phones in general. Like, this movie, like, this cell, movie, just, cell, cell phones, phones don't work like that. 2004 cell phones don't work like no. that. Like, even sometimes today, cell phones don't work like the way they want them to work. Um, but, so, what would you say you would rank this movie? Because I feel like I 10 know. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I figured. I figured you'd give it a perfect 10. I see no... I, guys, I know that my metrics aren't everyone's metrics, but my metrics are two leads that can act, two leads yeah. that have chemistry, mm-hmm. two, like, strong feminism storyline, like, girl power all the fucking way, <laughs> sure. and then also banger soundtrack. The best soundtrack. That's all I care about, guys. That's all I'm looking for. And this movie, while it is obviously flawed, hit all of the Emma points. So I have to rank it 10 out of 10. It definitely hit all the Emma points. It did not hit all the Luke points. And don't get me wrong, I really liked this movie. It's a tight hour and 20 minutes. It's an enjoyable hour and 20 minutes. It doesn't need to be any longer. It doesn't need to be any longer than any shorter. And and like Emma's absolutely right. Brenda Song and Dana Panabaker give fantastic performances. Taron Killam is great and the music is good. The music is great. However, I did not enjoy it 10 out of 10 level. I'm giving it an 8.5. I can live with that. Okay. I still think you're wrong. I I teetered on giving it a 9, but I was like, "Mm, I feel like a 9 is like particularly exceptional but something a little off like how like so the only nine i have is 13th year which is great except for like one or two things mess with me whereas this one 
Re really pretty good, but just I some of it. I truly enjoyed watching this film. Like to every no, I, I, it's a it's a fun time. Check it out if you want, guys. It's 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 a really fun movie. It. It's required watching for me for Emma, but I'd say it's I say if it's you respect good. me. But so what we're watching next month? Um, what we're watching in the fine month of April? Um, I get to pick this time because I'm picked uh, February March, so I'm picking oh, April. No. And I figure, a couple of things figured into the fact, we're in Florida, there's some beautiful dolphins right in the ocean, Wrinkle in Time just came out in what theaters. Did the, what the fuck are you leading towards? Wrinkle in Time just came out, which is, and its author wrote a book, which got turned into a Disney Channel original movie, called A Ring of Endless Light, starring Mr. Ryan Merriman. The from I Smart House. I have no idea what this is. Is uh, this about It's about dolphins. dolphins. It's about dolphins. It's about a girl and or boy. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Who can telepathically communicate with a dolphin. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and we are going to watch that next month. I have ring. not seen it. I have not guys. seen it either. I am going totally blind. But I was like, Wrinkled Time just came out. We're in Florida where there's dolphins. I'm going for it. We're doing a ring of endless light. Also, Ryan Merriman hasn't we haven't hasn't been around lately. And after all the St. Patrick's Day discourse of everyone tweeting about Luck of the Irish, I felt the need to include him. Um, well, happy for him that he's getting his airtime. Not for me because I how the fuck are we gonna find this movie? First of all, <laughs> I, we'll I feel like it. this is not available on any streaming pl platforms. But okay, we'll find it. But that's what we're watching next month. I hope you guys tune in to join us then. But for now, Emma, where can people find you on the internet? At Emma Tyler. Oh, well, nope. that's not correct. Mm -hmm. um, at Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter and on Instagram. Cool. You can find me on Twitter uh, at wildfire underscore king. Uh, I'm really close to 100 followers and I really appreciate juice that number. But if you don't want to follow me, at least follow us on Twitter at Comedy Podcast. Become one of our Comrades. We're actually really close to 300 followers. And if we do get that soon, I promise we'll do another bonus episode on something. We might do a poll again. So do follow us if you want to vote on what we're going to do. Oh, also review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, whatever you can. Please give us iTunes reviews and yes. tell us that Luke is stupid and I'm amazing. That's what I'm looking for. If you have any other opinions, <laughs> please put them in the trash. Uh, we are, our iTunes reviews so far have been very, very nice. We thank you all for finding the time and inclination to make them. But I would like more and more negative reviews about Luke and more positive <laughs> reviews about me. Always need to be positive about Emma. Um, also, if you want to get in contact with us, you can, you can hit us up at dcomedypodcast at gmail.com if you have any uh, corrections or questions or something. I don't know. But I think that's going to do it for us, guys. So thank you so much for joining us this month. And I hope to see you next time for Ring of Endless Light. Dcoms forever. Bye-bye. Bye. No luck. He's not even staying here. Are you sure? Yeah, that's what the guy said. Oh, please. Let me take care of this. What are you going to do? You just have to act like you belong and not take no for an answer. But what if the answer really is no? Excuse me. I just gave your friend an answer. And... But it wasn't an honest answer. You have photographers on the street and reporters in the lobby. We know he's here. You know he's here. So let's just skip this little charade. Kip. May I call you Kip? My name is David. Sure, why not? We're not some crazy Jordan Cahill fans. Yeah, we don't even think he's that cute. Though definitely cuter in person. Yeah, totally so much cuter in person. I saw his hair and it was like... My point is, one of his flunkies says something of ours, and we kind of like it back. So until we do, we're not leaving. Knock it off! Jesse will be there in a minute! Hurry up, it's almost dinner! Like I said, we're not leaving. Very soon.